0: And welcome to episode 60 of the Film Yak Podcast. I'm John. I'm Kevin. I'm JR. And once again, uh, Jonathan is just absolutely, just grossly sick. Can't make the show. You know, and you guys have uh, ragged on me in the past while I was in absentia uh, about missing certain episodes on purpose so I didn't have to watch the film. And I feel like, you know, maybe a little bit of that should be going Jonathan's way because I feel like he did not really wanna watch of the Raid. It's not his kind of movie. It's an old movie. It's a Western
1: Well we were talking, doesn't, doesn't we were talking sense earlier. To me.
0: Why? Because it's a it's
2: a fun western. There's a lot of there's a lot of violence and death.
0: He doesn't but he doesn't know that, right? He's thinking, ah, oh, it's some old Western with Burt Lancaster in it. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> Probably
1: doesn't even know what Burt Lancaster looks like. <laughs> yeah. So you know.
0: Not to not to get on him too much. But I mean yeah, it feels yeah. like it feels like uh, the last time you missed one it was what was it? it was like Falcon and the Snowman or something? It's always yeah, like something so, that yeah. I feel like he just wouldn't be interested in watching anyway.
1: Right. Anyway. Well, we uh, were joking before you got here. Like, you know, like like Jr. thought, like, I don't know. He seems to miss all of my deep dives. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure he misses every deep dive. Yeah. He's missed all his. of ours. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but
0: uh, that being said, we're going to be doing a deep dive on Jr.'s pick, which is Olzana's Raid. Directed by... I forget his name. What's his name?
2: Robert Aldrich. Robert
0: Aldrich, that's right. Starring Burt Lancaster and an incredibly young Bruce Davison. Um, so weird. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we'll be talking about that as well as other stuff we watched. How's everybody doing today?
1: Doing good. Doing
2: alright. I got a, I got super Coloradoed last weekend.
0: <laughs> okay.
2: I went uh, snowboarding and I was stuck in traffic on like this mountain pass. God damn!
0: Jerry's <laughs> mad about his dogs. Who are I'm Barton. having a dog
2: problem. <laughs> you guys continue.
0: Okay, <laughs> <laughs> Kevin. Let's talk Oscar nominations. These yes. uh, nominations came out about two weeks ago. Now I feel like, but uh, you know, yeah. we've been we've been out since then. So let's uh, let's get right into it. I mean. As expected or like were these uh, any surprises for you
1: or I think mostly expected Uh, some some of the some of the stuff I'm looking at and I'm like you know I'm this is the first time where I think I've heard of everything that's been nominated but I mean I certainly haven't seen it all Um, a lot of the you know I am like I think Black not Black Klansman Black Panther is just getting it for, like, just because, you know, but, you know, purely on the fact that it exists. Mm-hmm. Now, like, I have nothing against Black Panther as a movie. Like, the second time I watched it, it did go down from a four to, like, a three and a half. But I wouldn't say it's, you know, utter trash like some other stuff that's, you know, won Oscars and been nominated for Oscars. Sure. Um... We'll be
0: talking about some of that trash today on today's yeah.
1: episode, so. Yeah, I mean, just looking at, like, animated feature, like, I gotta think Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse takes it.
0: Obviously, yeah. It feels, yeah. That feels really obvious. Feels yeah. like, feel like nothing has a chance over that yeah,
1: movie. Yeah, I mean, what should win is Isle of Dogs, but I'm biased. Um, but, yeah, Into the Spider-Verse is definitely gonna take it, I feel.
0: I'm really happy to see Richard E. Grant nominated. Yes. I haven't seen... Uh, can you ever forgive me? But it looks really good. I'd like to see it. Yeah, uh, and
1: and he's a guy who like he's been around forever, and like really does not give get any of the credit he deserves. I agree.
0: Even even among film fans, it feels like anybody ever talk. Every, the only thing everybody talks about is uh, with Nail and I. And he's been in a lot of stuff, and like yeah. I mean he's really good in everything. You know, and I he had, he even had a, an arc on Girls, the show on HBO, and mm. he was really good. He was a recovering drug addict, and he was exceptionally yeah. good in that. Very funny. She's just a good actor. I don't know.
1: Yeah, and he was, like... I think he's in it for, like, a total of ten minutes. But, like, I remember really liking his performance in The Iron Lady. I didn't, yeah, I didn't is, see that. I mean, Jr. can probably speak to this. But, like, I didn't find The Iron Lady very entertaining or insightful. Um, You know, Meryl Streep is Meryl Streep. And, yeah, it's Margaret Thatcher and whatever. But, right. yeah, I mean
0: mainly fuck margaret thatcher though right i mean
1: i th- i think i think that was I, from what i remember of the movie it was like basically fuck margaret thatcher but you know she's you know she's just so out of touch you know we could we should kind of feel bad for her mm. but still fuck margaret thatcher yeah and i'm like well you know there's probably two sides to this story which mm. you know maybe could be addressed cuz like I don't know. And I feel like that whole, like just as a history nerd, like that whole, like early to mid eighties in England is like a real, like nebulous zone where like a lot of shit was going down. And like a lot of people tend to like blame, you know, one thing for it. And it's like Margaret Thatcher. Yeah. Essentially (laughs) essentially, Margaret Thatcher and, you know, um, and Ronald Reagan too. Um, Because, like, a lot of people, it seems, seem to think, like, the Falklands War was England deciding, oh, we're just going to declare war on these little islands for no apparent reason. But it's like, no, the Falklands was England against um, Argentina, and they were fighting over these islands, and, like... Yes, like I can, I can see why it seems frivolous because sure. there's nothing really on the Falklands. But at the same time, are you, are you really just going to let another country just show up and start killing your people? It's it's a it's a really weird like gray area, and I think it really gets written off as a joke.
0: You know, that reminds me of the Oscar nominations for this year, which is what we're supposed to be talking about. <laughs> I'm just kidding with you, Kevin. Let's...
1: Wait, wait, wait. One, two, three. So the rest of the nominations, yeah, <laughs> right.
0: So let's. Uh, but, um, I mean, Jr., what do you think about these nominations? Are you psyched?
2: Uh, you know, I was really psyched to see Mining the Gap got a Best Documentary nomination. Mm-hmm. Since I thought Mining the Gap win. was
0: really cool, it won't win. Rbg's no. got it. I'm I sure. don't. I don't even think so. I think Free Soul really? is going to take it. And I, I really want to see that too. Mm. I do too. But I've heard a lot of good things about. it. I feel like that's the front runner. Okay.
2: Um, I was really bummed to see that uh, Terrence Blanchard got a Best Score nomination for Black Klansman. Why? Because, as I'll talk about later, that is the worst part of Black Klansman.
0: Oh, I don't agree with that at that, all. Oh,
2: it's like, they're just like, hey, you know who's cool? Maggot brain era funkadelic. <laughs> Let's microwave it and give it to the people as like this uh, uh, epic emotionally manipulative guitar
0: part. I hated it. I enjoyed it. I don't know. I don't rem- <laughs> I don't recall it exactly now, I but I remember it. liking it. I was really wow. ex- I'm really excited obviously about um, I like that Spike Lee got nominated for director for it. I'm glad that it got the the best picture nomination. Really excited for Paul Schrader. I don't as as everybody is saying. I don't understand how he hasn't had a nomination yet, like for writing. It's right. absolutely That's absurd. Crazy. Yeah, it's like how did I mean how did Raging Bull, Bull slip by, or right. uh, Last Temptation of Christ or Taxi Driver? So it's uh, absolutely ridiculous. But um, yeah, got a lot of movies to watch because unfortunately there are. Maximum five nominees in every category, except Best Picture, which has eight. Best Picture and for some reason, you know, it's like, like what the right. fuck is the difference? I don't understand why they have to blo- balloon it up to eight, ten nominees. It's ridiculous, especially when the nominees—it's such filler, like Vice and Black Panther and Bohemian Rhapsody.
1: Like, oh, to be f- and to be. I fair, cannot wait to hear you guys talk about that.
0: And to be fair, I haven't seen Black Panther, but it definitely feels like a. Like the people want this, you know. It's like they, they you yeah. remember in middle middle of the year, the Oscars were saying they were going to have a, a, a most popular film category or something. Oh, this that's year. right. And they dumped that idea. But this feels like, well, we still have to include uh, Black Panther, which yeah, would, which, which yeah. would obviously have won that category. And uh, huh. I
2: mean, this is like giving a uh, to me this is like giving Avatar a nomination. It's the most popular movie of the year. It made the most money <clears throat> of any yeah. movie of the year. Yeah, and it's uh. It's a big whatever blockbuster, oh. and it's better than most other big whatever blockbusters, so I'm okay with it. Yeah. I mean, in the sense that uh, the Oscars don't reflect my taste at all, so I'm fine with, with that.
0: Yeah, Hang on one second. And we're recording.
2: And so the past few uh, Best Picture nominees that I made a point of seeing, because as you guys know, I, I forced myself to watch all of them.
0: I tried to um, also. mm
2: it may man I've got two left and I'm I'm really scared uh, I'm really scared to see Vice and A Star is Born now because the past two were just so bad and they were
0: such a waste of time and money I don't think you're going to feel that way about A Star is Born but I don't I don't know that you'll like it or anything but I don't think you'll you'll you definitely won't feel the same way you felt about Bohemian Rhapsody it's a it's a step above a lot of those other nominees just in terms yeah. of the 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 um, value of it, like it just looks better, you know, and it's put together better.
2: Yeah, I think uh, the favorite is the only best picture nominee under two hours. Wow! Thus, it is my favorite.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's not the only reason. I <laughs> and because and it's good. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's like I'd say it's far and away the best of the of those films. Um, and I, I still need to see a lot. I haven't seen Vice or Roma or Green Book or yeah. Black Did you Panther. Guys
2: didn't like you all start Roma?
0: I started Roma, yeah. I got about 10 minutes into it, but I shouldn't have time to finish it. I had to do something else. I I'm, really want one of you guys to finish it so I can complain I, about I it. I will have, I mean, like I said, I got to see all, you know, I'm going to try to see as much of this as I can before the show at the end of the month. But uh, I guess, you know, moving on, let's talk about some trailers. Yeah. Uh, so just right after those Oscars were announced they dropped the Red Band trailer for Harmony Corinne's newest film, The Beach Bum, starring yes. Matt McConaughey as a beach bum named Moondog. Uh, and Jr. is just loving this thing. He's watched it a couple of times now. He's just, he's just <laughs> lapping it up. Jr., what do you think about this trailer? you, you loving it? No. Uh,
2: <laughs> I don't. I don't love it. And this, this trailer, it made it worse because it made it clear that there's like a narrative – like he he's a writer and he's bumming around instead of writing sure. and he's getting into trouble and he's going to have to write to like make money to get out of his trouble. And I was like, Oh, this is even worse than I thought it could be.
0: Yeah. I have to agree with you there. And then Zac
2: Efron shows up. Yeah. Fuck this.
0: I was less interested <laughs> when I, uh, with the second trailer, uh, just all, I agree. Like Zac Efron and, and uh, Martin Lawrence being involved. I'd rather see one star surrounded by a bunch of like, you know, found people, uh, that Harmony crane thinks are interesting, it's just not interesting to see Zach Efron and all these other people dressed up as weirdos. I'd rather just see weirdos. And then like
2: S- Snoop Dogg's got his cameo. Yeah, yeah it's that's like, gross too. What's what's it's, It just feels like a stunt. It feels like and, it's and,
0: 2004. Like I don't like Snoop Dogg <laughs> does not need to be in a movie anymore. Like who is this? Like who gives a fuck about Snoop Dogg?
1: Right. I mean, I don't know how much more like quote-unquote adult content is going to be in the movie, but, like, I was getting real, like, big Lebowski vibes from McConaughey's character. But, like, a Lebowski who is, like, sort of had a mission, like like a mixture between Lebowski and Hunter S. Thompson, especially because of the typewriter and, you know, just lounge, lounging around with it all the time and, right. you know, type, typing with one finger on each hand. I was like, OK, this is and then him, you know, actually mentioning the great American novel. And it's like, OK, I can I can kind of see where this might be going. I, mm. It's Harmony Korine, and I've only seen one of his movies, so I'm probably wrong. But that's just what I got from this trailer. I, I'll
0: say about that, too. I mean, <clears throat> his filmography, I don't I'm not a big fan of the direction that it's going in. Uh, that being like pretty much broad comedy. And mm. the look of this movie is exactly the same as um, Spring Breakers. It feels like, uh, actually, maybe a little less interesting because at least Spring Breakers had like some flourishes, uh, weird effects, and stuff he did on the on the footage sometimes. But like, yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I'd rather see him go back to uh, maybe like a more experimental. Uh, kind of technique or something like i mean not 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 necessarily like julian donkey boy but just like changing it up thinking about things uh, Mm. a little differently as opposed to just shooting in like super widescreen digital and you know it's (laughs) like it just looks really pro like uh, not processed but like um polished and Mm. i don't know color like super colorful like neon colorful and yeah i don't know i just like i've seen it before like let's let's try something else and i'm really excited to about his um his other film that was supposed to be coming out Like two years ago Is still on his IMDb page I don't know It's called The Trap Have you heard about this? No It's got um, I think it's got Benicio Del Toro And Al Pacino in it Yeah <laughs> Like so Like that sounds alright like, yeah, like like it's And it's I'm a crime gonna, film Yeah so, like, like
1: Give it to me Yeah
0: That's what I want to see You know Something like that uh, As opposed to this kind of And it feels oh, Again Another thing that just feels really outdated Like the idea of Matthew McConaughey As a stoner Like Yeah Feels like something he's like done a lot like and like
1: in the way in the past like 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 <laughs> he's with, an oscar
0: winner now yeah I mean, it feels like he's a little bit above this
1: kind of material yeah because wasn't dazed and confused in like the mid it's
2: late 90s like nin- was
1: mid and early it it's was like 90, 91 90,
0: 90, what, 93? No, it's like 90, 93 yeah 93 sounds okay. right okay yeah. it was like was but say yeah i mean but i think 93 sounds
1: right. yeah and especially like you know McConaughey has done you know like interesting stuff and you know he 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 at least keeps his foot in some interesting things but he's really like he's really a mainstream star mm-hmm. so this is kind like kind of slumming it a right. little bit and
0: on that on that note i can like i can appreciate it and like you know respect his decision to to be a part of something like this right but I don't know. It just doesn't doesn't yeah. feel that. It doesn't feel like that shocking really to me. I mean, I am sure it would be shocking to like my mom to see him in this, but it just feels like yeah, he's a stoner. I mean, he's a stoner in real life as far as I know or he used yeah, to I be, mean. so what's the big deal? Anyway, yeah. that's enough of this. Let's talk about Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile. <laughs> Such a <laughs> <clears throat> absurdly uh clumsy title for a film, but I guess it's based on a book. Oh, okay. Um and it's uh, directed by Joe Berlinger, who is uh, famously directed the uh, Metallica documentary, "Some Kind of Monster,"
2: right, and the uh, and... <clears throat> the trilogy about the uh, Paradise Lost, or
0: right about the Memphis Three, right. Paradise Lost, uh, the trilogy, yeah. and he also did uh, another Netflix documentary uh, called "I'm Not Your Guru," which I've been meaning to watch for a while about mm. Tony Robbins. And he did the and...
2: newly released Ted Bundy. Series. Have you
0: guys been watching this at all the Ted Bundy series? On, no. Then?
2: I watched the last half hour of the last episode on accident.
0: <laughs> okay. Oh, like you...
2: I, I walked into my friend's house and oh, they were watching oh. it oh. and they're watched... like, we can't, we can't stop, we can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> so, I
0: watched the first three parts of it. It's four parts, and uh, we just haven't, you know, with the baby and everything, we have to find time when she's like not around to watch stuff like that, because we don't want to put that kind of shit in her head. <laughs> but, uh, <Right. laughs> but, um. Even though, you know, she can't really understand what's going on. But, but uh, yeah, we watched the first three parts of it, and it's, it's quite engaging and interesting. Uh, apparently Netflix having a lot of trouble with uh, backlash about people, I guess the term would be thirsting after uh, Ted Bundy, thinking that he's, like, super hot and stuff and cool, and they kind of forget that he's, uh, you know, a, a necrophilic rapist. But I feel like that's kind of the documentary's fault in a way, because the documentary doesn't spend a lot of time... Well, at least in the first three parts, getting into the like the details of his crimes, like how extremely horrible they are. And I think Mm. that's my biggest problem with the trailer for this movie with Zac Efron is that, I mean, he did some like really heinous shit, uh, like worse than like, you know, your average movie serial killer. You know, he's not like like I mean, worse, like, you know, like you think of like a classic serial killer in a movie like seven or Buffalo Bill and uh, Silence of the Lambs. Mm. Uh, Ted Bundy is much worse than these people. Like Ted Bundy is horrendous. Uh, the things that he did, and just the, just the just the sexual aspect of it makes it worse. And I feel like they don't really get into that very much in the documentary and in this trailer. They really don't, obviously, don't touch on it at all.
1: Well, that was the thing that I liked about the trailer is the fact that like there's a part like towards the end where they're showing how like like his celebrity. And, you know, all these women saying how handsome he is, and, like, they are not really that concerned that he did anything wrong. Yeah. And, like, you know, not to get too soapboxy, but, like, I think that's something that really needs to be addressed. Like, I I don't know if it was the last time or the one before where I was talking about, like, women's obsession with serial killers. Sure. And, like, and, you know, especially in, like, the era of Me Too where, like, you know... Hey, you got a nice ass is enough to like ruin your career and like have people just dig, you know, graves to throw you in. But they're still like so involved in serial killers. And it's like, how do you, I want to know like how they can reconcile that, you know, being so super into, you know, really vile, heinous crimes. But you not know, the same
0: not the same women usually probably right. The 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 super liberals who are yeah yeah in the, super involved in the Me Too movement probably not obsessed with serial killers.
1: Well, uh, you say that, but I, I, mean, don't, know. I, don't, no, I don't. We, we I don't would know have either. to we would have to get someone <laughs> to, on here. Let's like, survey everybody ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think super killer
2: shows uh, serial super serial super killers killers? shows. Sorry. Is that another movie? Serial killer yeah. shows, movies, podcasts, uh, books sure. are just mm. like super huge right now. And I don't know if that's only with women. I, I feel like it's with everyone. Like I, I think the the a lot of the books like Gone Girl and The Woman in the Window and like all that yeah. stuff, a lot of that's appealing to women. But I think just as many men listened to serial the first season as, as did women, uh, I think s- serial killers are just having like a –
0: True crime. Moment. True crime is, for sure. True yeah, true crime. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not just seriously. It's just yeah.
2: having it's having like a we- a weird moment and uh people are just eating it up and it's possible that you know, Netflix didn't want like a super hard hitting uh show about Ted Bundy because they wanted people to watch it and not be fucking grossed out and turn it off.
0: No, I agree. I'm not yeah, you know yeah. then definitely not suggesting they should have like shown crime scene photos or anything. But uh you know, it's just it's just it is a little bit strange. I mean th- obviously the documentary is dealing with some of the stuff uh, Kevin's talking about like the idea of uh people finding him charming. Mm. And it's it it talks about a lot of that and and it's a lot of interviews with him, audio interviews with him and you get a real good glimpse inside of his psyche uh like he's definitely like a you know huge narcissist and egomaniac but um but he comes off as like a really charming nice guy. Mm. But it's like... I, I don't know. I just wish... I, I wish there was like a balance... More of a balance to the to the show... Uh, where they would... Kind of... I mean they do show some pretty graphic stuff... To be honest. They show like... They show like the the aftermath of one of his... He attacked a sorority house... And like killed a bunch of girls... And... Uh, with a log... And they show like the bloody sheets... And shit like that. And I mean that's pretty... That's pretty hardcore. But I don't know. It just feels like... I mean, it just feels like they, they don't... Maybe don't go quite uh, in depth enough... With the descriptions, and that sounds weird. Like I want them to describe him raping people, but <laughs> that's not what I mean. I just, you know, I just want, I just want them to be more balanced about it. But again, have to have a little bit of res- begrudging respect for uh, Zach Efron to play the yeah, part yeah. of a necrophilic rapist.
1: Yeah, uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> definitely wants to shed that Disney image. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and uh, has anyone been watching the newest season of True Detective?
0: I have not. I've been meaning to. I just haven't nope. got around to it. We got so much shit to watch, man.
1: Yeah, it's we're a little little more than halfway through it now, and it's really good. Like mm-hmm. Steven Dorff, he's a guy who like I really didn't get what he was doing until like so much later in life and he is so good. Like like there's a lot there's a lot of similarity between like um you know him and like Woody Harrelson's character in the first one Uh and Mahershal Ali is very similar to McConaughey's character but like they end up playing it in such a different way and like it's like some of the stuff is like really like dark and you know as you would expect but there's also a kind of funny thing in the series like. Mahershala Ali's character is being interviewed for the show called true criminal. (laughs) And there's one point where like the interviewer is like asking him like if his, if he thought his theories had been turned down because he was black, because she was interested in intersectionality and like, okay, this is very much Nick Pizzolatto poking fun at a lot of stuff that's going on now, especially like we were talking about with, you know, the true crime stuff. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't, Go overboard with any of it, which is nice. Ooh, you know who got there first? Huh? The new Halloween movie. Oh, <gasps> uh,
0: it's true. They're doing the podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's there's characters who are doing a true crime podcast about uh, Michael Myers in the film, and they get they get murdered by Michael Myers. Yeah, they, they <laughs> die real quick. For some reason, they have his mask. <laughs> like, why wow. they, why they would have his max mask? I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Two, two podcasters from England. Anyway, yeah. uh, moving right along uh, to uh, just one more brief thing before we move on. Just have to mention the passing of the legendary actor Albert Finney. Yes. Uh, dead at 82 today. Uh, star of many, many films. I was just going to ask, like, just real quick, like, favorite Finney performances?
1: I got to go with um, shit, of course, uh, Poirot. Okay, and uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah, I haven't seen he it. He kills That's
0: it. Sidney Lamette directed it. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah like everybody is that. in that movie, and uh, and he's just so great. Like you know the way he puts on the accent, like it's so believable, and you'd never know that. Like when I saw like that, it was Albert Finney. I was like, what? <laughs> That's him. Because yeah. you know, having seen him, you know, he, you know. Like Churchill kind of stuff, you know, but uh, but yeah, J- great.
0: Jr. favorite Finney performance.
2: I, you know, I don't really know. Uh, he was in my childhood a lot because of uh, Big Fish and uh, Annie, but I don't. Those are not the two best. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah I, I I don't know. Aaron Brockovich? I, I like him. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, you know, he's in Miller's Crossing. That's a great movie. Yeah, yeah. Um Well and probably under under the volcano.
0: Oh really? So you haven't seen that. Oh yeah. Is That's that that is good? Pretty...
2: Yeah, it is good. And he's kinda like the uh, the John Houston surrogate care who I is avoided himself it. to death in Mexico.
0: I've avoided <laughs> it only because I didn't like um the Flannery O'Connor adaptation. Wise Blood. And I this is the same director of the same era kind oh, of right, I was right. kinda like as, i don't know i really hated yeah. it <laughs> i mean
2: avoiding john houston movies just sounds really stupid
0: oh well thank you
2: because he's <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> uh okay. he, he he just went off in so many directions uh you know so it's it's i i, I would say under the volcano is a lot different than than Wise Blood.
0: okay good well i might check a whole it lot out different i from 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 my own uh self <laughs> I uh my favorite Finney performance is almost definitely uh before the devil knows you're dead I really just another Sidney Lamette movie eh? oh yeah I really really enjoy him espe there's like a scene where he uh towards the end where he has like a confrontation this very like strange mild confrontation with uh his son played by Philip Seymour Hoffman and they're like sitting on a picnic table in their backyard and they both just kind of like break down crying about their past and Everything, and it's just, like, really, really, he's just, he's excellent in it. I really enjoy that film and his performance. So we will miss Albert Finney, mm. even though he hasn't he hasn't done anything in, like, seven years. But, you know, you probably already thought he was dead. His career's going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry about that. Uh,
1: I just hope he didn't have, like, a Sean Connery moment where, like, he... Saw a lot of green screens and bullshit and was like, you know what? Fuck movies.
0: <laughs> I don't, I don't, I doubt it was that. He's I think just, you know, he, old. I think Maybe he started yeah. having funny.
1: health problems right after Skyfall. Oh, is that right? Uh, okay.
2: Yeah. I that's, what, yeah that. that's what I read in like a, a piece about him today. Mm.
0: Okay. Well, uh, moving right along to what we watched, who wants to start? with what we watched and I see Kevin's got a, a crazy list of like 150 films he watched. I've watched four, including the deep dive. Um, and I already talked about the Bundy tapes. So, right. And, uh, but JR has been cleaning up. That's true. JR's watched about a million too. So, yeah,
2: I'm, I only have a few that I pick to talk about, though. Good, right. good,
0: good, good. Unlike Kevin, who's just picked everything he wants to
1: talk about. Well, I mean, I'm not. Obviously, I'm not going to spend like three hours on each of these things. Look,
0: Kevin, why don't you go ahead and burn through like six of those right now?
1: Well, actually, <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, you're going to oh, a lot of those are well, the lists, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, I can just burn through like all the alien. Let's talk about the predator alien, alien list here. Go yeah. ahead. So, for me, Alien is still number one, but Aliens is still fucking fantastic. Like, like, those are two... Like, I don't know of any other series where, like, the first two movies are so easily five out of five. Like, I I literally can't think of anything else. Godfather. Somewhat. Yeah, oh, well, or- yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh... Sorry. I, I've been meaning to rewatch the Godfather movies because I haven't seen them in forever and like They don't um, hold up. Fuck off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll say I'll say the uh you know, hot take two is better than one. For The Godfather.
1: Oh, all okay. oh, well, right.
0: Also, no. I mean, also for the Aliens, <laughs> for me, I think Aliens is a better film than Alien, but
1: yeah, I mean that's... I I can I can definitely see why you would say that. Like, yeah. Like, the funny thing was, like, I watched the theatrical versions of all these things. And, like, there were certain, like, key things that I was like, well, where's this? Where's that? And I, I didn't realize how often I'd watched the special editions. Right. Because, like, there's the first, uh, in Alien, there's a scene where, like, they finally get back onto the Nostromo. Sigourney Weaver's coming around, coming around the corner and Cartwright just slaps the shit out of her.
0: Oh, yeah, I remember that.
1: And um, and in the second one where, like, uh, Ripley's just fallen apart because she realizes that she's missed, like, not only her daughter's birthday, but, like, her daughter is now, has been dead for, like, 20 years. Yeah. And, like, that's su- that was such a great emotional scene, and, like, it's not in the theatrical version.
0: I actually don't mind that. I, I like ah. that they got rid of the daughter. Because I I feel like it clouds things with her and Newt, and I think the the eh. good goal of it was to make it like more powerful than her relationship with Newt, but I right. feel like it kind of lessens it. I don't know. That's yeah. just me.
1: I can see that. I think Alien Three is a great example of like guys like you had you had Ridley Scott, you had James Cameron. Like I'm sure you could have gotten you know someone of that caliber. You
0: don't think to, Fincher's of that? Kind no, of fi- no offense
1: to Fincher, but like it was his first feature. Sure. He had only done music videos up to that time, and now you know, you know, he's a first-time director, and it's a sort of precious property. Yeah, but so,
0: so was so was Scott when you think of what he did, the duelists before Alien. I mean, like he hadn't really made anything. Well, he
1: won the prize at Cannes, so like he had gotten critical accolades. Well, oh, Fincher had been critically <laughs> but, acclaimed for his Madonna point, videos.
2: Alien's not that big of a deal at that point because no one knows it's going to blow up like this.
0: Oh, for, right? for Scott, you mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: And plus, like Star Wars had just come out, so they're just trying to shove out any you know well, sci-fi there was, movie they the, can.
0: And there was a lot of, uh, I mean, speaking to to their Fox's decision to hire Fincher, I mean, there was like a lot of tension between. That's why the movie is the way it is, right? Because yeah, Fincher yeah. wanted to do things differently than the the studio wouldn't let him. Yeah, he wanted more control. And uh I think if they had given it to him, he would probably turned out a better product. I I, yeah. I I like Alien 3 though actually quite a bit. I, I, I for me it would be third. And in your list it's you know it's fourth, so it's close but uh, I like it better than Covenant. And um
1: well I me mean, I think the thing the thing that saves Covenant and Prometheus is fast I agree. Like I think the biggest problem with Prometheus and with um uh Predators um and alien and alien vs. Predator. Too many humans. Yeah. Like, just give us the creatures. Yeah. And like it was like it was so much more interesting when it was just fastbender, you know. And like even when he's in scenes by himself, like everything he's doing is so much more interesting. Than them, you know, trying to find God and their creator and all this other crap.
0: I agree, and I like him in in Covenant even more. I like because I, I think yeah. it's interesting to make him the villain, essentially. You know, and definitely I like all, have all the stuff with his like their, the other uh, David, and they like yeah. what? his name's not David though, right? This guy like a different name.
1: The good one is named Walter, Walter and then there's right. David, who like I, I thought it was kind of kind of crappy that they just wrote off um, Numi Rapace's character. I agree um, with that too. And I I, I really But it was I, the same thing with like Alien Three, like like I saw that like James Cameron was like Dude!
0: Oh no! 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 When, when, I when love they killed, that. when they killed. Uh, oh, wow. I love that shit. They get rid of Hicks and Newt. And it's just like yeah. fuck everything. <laughs> Everybody's dead again. Fuck Ripley. She Ripley is so screwed over in these movies. Like oh, I, know, I know. She just gets destroyed every single movie emotionally and physically.
1: I think. I think that would have been better if they had gone a little bit further with the harshness. Mm. But at the same time, like that was one of the cool things about Alien and Aliens is the fact that like you know women are not secondary. And then mm. as soon as we can, we get her onto a planet full of men, and what do they try to do? They try to rape her of first course. chance they get. And it's like we didn't need that.
0: But what would they try to do? I mean, obviously they would do they're a bunch of criminals. Like, they
1: could they could have tried to mutilate her, I mean. You I know, know but or, I mean or, like, it, it or cut her cut her head off for like some kind of, you know, like ceremony or something I don't kind mind that
0: thing. and I I especially like it as a character moment for Charles S. Dutton who saves yeah, her yeah, yeah. I like all that stuff. I like how he's trying to like maintain his like religious conviction and yeah yeah how he chastises her for thanking him sort of like yeah, yeah. afterward I, I like all that stuff a lot
1: yeah uh, and, and then when like know. he he's not capable of killing her at right. that at that point right um and just just a little quick word about joss whedon huh that guy is such a fucking asshole I, you know i i've only I seen i'm out
0: <laughs> I've only seen Prometheus once but I would put I would put Resurrection above Prometheus <laughs> when was the last time you watched it I, well it's been a while but I have seen it like a lot and I okay. could probably tell you like every line of it like I used to watch this shit a lot when I was a kid but uh, I really hated Prometheus I don't yeah. know though I'd have to rewatch them both Maybe I, I'm, I have no doubt that Prometheus is the better made film yeah. and it's the better acted film and written film but I just feel like I would be more entertained watching Resurrection. I really like the uh <laughs> the all like all the gadgets and shit that they have in it. Like the guy with the wheelchair, he like takes all the parts yeah, and makes a shotgun. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, uh, Ron Perlman's thermos gun. <laughs> it's really cool. Yeah, <laughs> I like, hate that Michael Wincott's in it for like four seconds and he gets killed.
1: That was a real bummer. Like him and Perlman are honestly what makes it. Yeah, what it is because like. Like when that that guy like taps Perlman on the shoulder with his machine gun, he takes it away. Don't ever touch me. Yeah, throws it back to him. He's ever.
0: True. I re- I like the French guy too from all the other um, Juno films. The guy uh, the guy in the wheelchair. I really like him a lot in it. Right. Uh, I don't know his name, but yeah, I don't know. It's just like Dominique Pignon. No, there you go. Oh uh, yeah. Of course, Jr. knows his name. Of course, He's seen all that shit.
1: I'm yeah. lo- I'm
2: looking at the. Page. Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like I I don't uh, like. I was reading like this is a thing that Whedon has done more than once like he blames everybody else but himself for the things he's involved with not doing stupendously like like with this one he was like it was poorly acted poorly directed poorly designed poorly this poorly that and it's like you know these are still your lines motherfucker and they asked him to rewrite the script like three times. Yeah, I, like, he should. They he, kept
0: making him change it. Right, he shouldn't be bitter about things. Though, I mean, it's like it's like he yeah, just, he well, only he, he only wrote the script. Like he doesn't need to defend the movie. Like it's not his business that the movie's bad. Like yeah, he, wrote, he just wrote the script. I'd just be like, I just wrote it. Like you know, I don't. I have anything to do with it after that. Like he's he, he should have just washed his hands of it.
1: Yeah, but like he did the same thing with Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie, oh. and like I haven't seen it, so I'm not going to try to defend it. But it's like. When you are somehow the only one who is doing right by this stuff, like I'm really suspicious of you. Yeah.
2: And like but then, and I find then he turned it into a TV series. Yes, and it was perfect. Yeah, JR. Well, loves that shit. Huh? That's the it thing. That's the thing. That's the and thing the too. Episodes like, that he directed and wrote were incredible.
3: <laughs> oh
0: boy. <laughs> I like his that's, smile. The
1: <laughs> that's the thing. Buffy and Serenity. Yes, he created them and he was the showrunner, but there was a lot more going on for those shows than just him. Like people I think people give him too much credit. And like I literally I don't think uh
0: outside of Resurrection and a couple of episodes of Roseanne, I don't think I've seen anything Joss Whedon has done. Really? Yeah. I've never seen Serenity, I've never seen um. Buffy, I've never seen Angel, I've never seen uh any of the avenger films he directed or any of that shit i think he only did the first one actually but i oh, never, the first and the second okay one. yeah i've never seen either one of those yeah i really don't think i've seen anything by him like i said except for the roseanne episodes that he wrote and right uh, and this movie resurrection yeah but uh, yeah, i yeah i know he's a very divisive among uh film fans
2: yeah. yeah and i don't i don't mean to defend uh joss weed and the asshole because he probably is an asshole and if he's bitching about things that he wrote that didn't come out great i i don't see the point i agree but uh i do think his uh his television work has been pretty awesome
0: he should have stuck with roseanne man he should never left he could still be writing for roseanne right now i'm sure they take him back con the Connors, yeah Yeah, it's going strong jackie let me let me let me just put this out right now okay it is uh February eighth, two thousand nineteen. I'm gonna I'm gonna make the prediction right now. Laurie Metcalf will win the Emmy for best actress on a comedy show for the Conner. She has an episode where she breaks down about Roseanne's death. It's incredible. She's amazing.
1: Nice
2: <laughs> nomination. <laughs> nomination at best.
0: No, she'll win for sure. <laughs> she will beat everybody. I guarantee it. And it's gonna be the craziest thing because she won like two or three times during the original run of Roseanne like 20 years ago, and now oh. she's going to win again for the same fucking character 20 years later. It's going nice. to be insane. It's going to be insane. It's going to be like Michael Corleone, except good, you know? Right. <laughs> anyway. uh,
1: Yeah, so I'll just... Yeah. Um, no, go ahead. Predator is a five out of five. I've talked about that before. Predator 2 is actually not really that bad. They're just... Yeah. So, there are just some things that are, like, poorly executed, but, like...
0: I hate all the lasers on the guns, because it's yeah. just, like... Because they, they're so gigantic, and it's, like, it's supposed to be 1997, in I the think. the future. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just so big. It's, like, even in 97, I feel like we'd have smaller lasers than that. Right. <laughs> and, like,
1: I love Bill Paxton in this. He is so great, and uh, Actually, Danny I'm Glover is really sorry, good. Sorry,
0: real quick. And speaking of Danny Glover, now that I say that, in 1998... Or 97. What's it? 97. I don't know. Lethal Weapon 4. And Lethal Weapon 4, Riggs, played by Mel Gibson, has a, a laser light built into his Beretta. It's part of the gun. You don't even see it until he turns it on. And oh, that's, that's in crazy. 1997. So by that time. That, hmm. But I'm saying, like, Predator 2 is made, what is it, made 90, 90? Yeah. 1990? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, lasers come a long way in seven years. Mm. Sorry.
2: I, I yeah. tried to watch all of the uh, like the four core Predator movies, uh-huh. and uh, I my the version I had of Predator Two was uh, Portuguese audio only, <laughs> so I deleted it. Wow! But, uh, I did notice that they're all either one hundred and seven or one hundred and eight minutes.
0: That's interesting. They
2: like they're like, we know exactly how long a Predator movie should be, and this is how long it will
1: be. Yeah,
0: I did not know that uh yeah
1: i didn't notice that when i was watching them um predator
0: 2 is 108 predator is 107 good call nice i haven't seen uh the the new one the predator so
1: actually jr you want to talk about the predator yeah go ahead um I, I do when my dog stop barking so you, you okay. start uh like i said in my letterbox review so like tom jane yeah, he plays. You love Tom Jane. <laughs> well, especially in this one, because like he plays this like he plays this ex-army guy with Tourette's, and you can just see him hamming it up and stuttering, and he's just enjoying himself so much. Such a shame, black character trait. <laughs> oh, totally, he has Tourette's. Totally,
2: <laughs> it's probably offensive.
1: Yeah, it, I'm sure it is. Well, it, that's offensive, and also like <laughs> like the um so. The kid who's in this, who, uh, like, uh, Boyd Holbrook plays the main guy whose name I can't remember now. Um, but his kid is autistic. And... Well, he's just
0: throwing mental illnesses around all over the
1: place. Yeah, all over the place. And uh, so... But, yeah, so not only is the kid autistic, but he's the one who figures out how to use the Predator technology and... A fire alarm goes off in school and, like, you know, he covers his ears because he can't deal with it. And I was like, really? Like, you have to take this little boy and make him be bullied and, you know, give him a mental illness? Like, he can't just be a smart kid? Right. I mean, like, I get what they're trying to do from, like, a, uh, what you call it, um, representation point. But I still think it's it's ham-handed and it's unnecessary. It made me hate the kid from Room even more. <laughs> Jacob Tremblay. Yeah. yeah, he's the
0: worst. <laughs> and, uh, th- this
2: character was probably not his fault. He's just a really annoying kid. Have you yeah, seen yeah. other
0: other films that he's been in, like The Book of Henry and Wonder? No. Okay.
2: I have not seen Wonder yet. Mm. Have you
0: seen The Book of Henry?
2: No, no, okay. I never will see that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> do you know Do you know what it's about?
2: No, isn't it from the guy that made 500 Days of Summer or something?
0: Uh, yeah, you should, you should go and read a synopsis of it. It is hysterical <laughs> what this movie is about. It's okay. so ridiculous. You would never know what this movie is about by watching the trailer for it.
2: Did, wow. uh, it's, sorry, it's, while I was away dealing with my dogs, did we get to Sterling K. Brown yet? No,
1: not yet. Uh, okay. I thought he was pretty good as the villain. He, I, I didn't understand a lot of the decision making no. that he made. No.
2: Like, why did he bring Olivia Munn in if he was immediately like, now it's time to kill Olivia Munn? It was just really yeah, strange. I didn't get it. Yeah. And it's... then the way like hit the... The last time you see his character, I just thought was absurd.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, Feels like the ratings for this thing are all over the board. Like, to the people I'm following... The highest rating is a four and a half, but that's, like, by far the highest rating for it. Like, everybody seems to be really middle of the road with a two and a half, three.
1: Yeah, I mean,
2: it's... I don't... Like, it wasn't, like, an incompetently made action movie. Right. Sure.
0: Well, I wouldn't expect so, it to be from Shane Black. I mean, it was kind of... And way I, way don't,
2: I don't... I mean, I don't give a shit about the Predator mythology or anything, but, like some of the Predator stuff i thought was interesting it was cool
1: yeah and um like that the acting in it is all you know pretty well done you know weirdnesses of choice aside you know that's a, that's a writing thing but like all the actors like uh Keegan Michael Key he's hilarious um Tom Tom Chain is like i said hamming it up um how do you guys Toronto Rhodes is pretty good how do you
0: guys feel about Boyd Holbrook as an actor is i mean like is he, is right. he a star like should he be bigger like i feel like uh you know he's on narcos i think was his first kind of uh. entry into uh the mainstream and i feel like he's uh he reminds me of garrett headland a lot if you guys know who garrett Hedlund yes. is, i yeah. can see that yeah he looks they, just like because they look the same yeah yeah and but they I, act the same i agree and i i always like garrett headland uh and i feel like he didn't get a fair shake like he never got like a chance to really i mean i feel like tron was his big like you know if you're going to make it, Tron's, and Tron kind of tanks, so he didn't even mm. go anywhere. But he's really, really good in, like, I, I, Walter Solis' uh, film of On the Road, he's he's quite good in. And I really like him in, in Inside Lewin Davis. And uh, I feel like, you know, Holbrook, this, this, this guy Boyd Holbrook, is like, uh, you know, he's got
1: some talent. I don't know. Yeah, I mean the only other thing I can remember seeing him in was Logan. Logan. Yeah. yeah, I thought he was pretty good in Logan. Yeah, he was decent in Logan. Um, pretty I think, evil. Like again, the problem with Logan and wasn't the acting; it was the no, script. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the fact that they were trying so hard, like, to make it a quote-unquote adult yeah. movie. Yeah, Like, you you don't have to try. Just let it be. Yeah,
0: just let him drop a couple F-bombs and and destroy some people with his claws. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's It's, it's real easy. Anyway, what about Predators? Predators, like, in my view, this should have been an anthology film. Like, Mm. so, like, the premise of the movie is, like, the Predators, you know, like, grab all these humans from, like, various walks of life and various, you know, military or gorilla or hitman points around earth and they're like you know you know seeing seeing how they do i think it would have been much more interesting like there's a point where like the asian guy like you know he finds a katana sword and at one point he has a little duel with one of the predators they should have just had that be done in samurai times Oh. Like they should have had the, they should have dropped the predator like one in like feudal Japan. That's interesting. One, one in like, um, one in you know some war torn African country where Mahershala Ali's character comes from. Uh, Danny Trejo is you know a member of one of the cartels. Like, drop a predator in Mexico. That's
0: a good, this is a good idea, Kevin. Yeah, it, I
1: actually really like this idea it's yeah. basically the animatrix of predator right exactly right, right.
2: exactly
0: that's good and let a different director handle each one a different yes. like, action or direct like i remember when this was announced it was rodriguez was supposed to direct i think he co-wrote it or something but yeah he was, was supposed to uh direct it and i was really excited about that and uh
1: yeah but then it was nimrod Nim- antal yeah who like i looked at discount his I, guy yeah well i looked at his letterbox and like. He's he did the Metallica movie yeah. Through the Never but Through that's the that, never. That's like <laughs> but like that's not really a movie it's more it's a concert it's, and like uh true. Dane DeHaan is running around some I guess San Francisco and like I've
0: actually heard good things about Vacancy and Armored though.
1: Oh okay. So really?
0: yeah uh I've heard that Vacancy is quite underrated and that Mm -hmm. armored is actually really good it's like it all takes place in an armored truck or around an armored truck oh nice during a robbery so that that sounds interesting but uh but yeah uh this this film did very little for me (laughs) I was very disappointed when I saw it in the theater
1: yeah it's it's really not very good because like again you know like like with Christian Bale like you know it didn't work when he put on the voice yeah. so why are they gonna think that Adrian Brody can do it better
0: I think he was trying to change his image up a little bit after yeah. the uh, after the Oscar win <coughs> you know he's like I, I really want to try action and yeah he bulked up and everything I mean I think yeah. I like the idea of him as like a kind of weird you know nerdy looking action guy but right yeah I, I agree it doesn't really work very well yeah I especially
1: mean, especially with him putting on the voice and you know like leave him he's dead weight. You know, like, like I, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm hard bitten. I don't care about anyone. They'll just slow us down. And like, and you know, the entire time he's like, you know, there's this thing going between him and Alice Braga, Braga, Braga yeah. um, and like, and the whole thing with Topher Grace. Oh my That's God. Brutal. That's the worst part about it. Yeah. This was
2: my, uh, this was my second Topher Grace, uh, we'll call it villain role. That I had in the week, and I'm really iffy on the Topher Grace villain.
0: I, you know, I, I, man, (laughs) I feel bad for Topher because he's like I've like he's so good in this in that '70s show. He's got a really good comedic delivery, Mm. like this very dry. I always think of Alan Alda when I think of him. I feel like if they remade Mash, he should be Hawkeye. Like that's the thing I always think about. And then uh, the first thing he did uh, film-wise after that 70s show started was he was in traffic. And I was like, he's so fucking good in traffic uh, as yeah, like the prep boy is. drug addict. And I was like, this is going to be great. He's going to take off and be like a great actor. And uh, boy, he just tanked it, didn't he? Like he, yeah. <laughs> he makes terrible choices. And the shit that he's in, he's not good in it. It's just no. uh, It's bizarre to me. I don't understand it.
1: Yeah, cause like I, you know, I'll get into this a little later. Like he's in Inter- Interstellar, and like I had totally forgotten about him, uh, and and of course,
2: that fucking movie.
1: Yeah, and like sorry, no, we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, but yeah, so Predators should have been an anthology. Alien versus Predator, really not very good, very very poorly put together, and like I can see where they were kind of you know trying to do this you know H.P. Lovecraft kind of thing but even but you know that falls apart cuz it's just too convoluted and again too many humans like if you're going to have alien versus predator just have like one or two who are around to like kind of see it but it you know make it alien versus predator you really don't need that much and requiem is just a pure piece of shit <laughs> like the only like the only reason it gets a 1 star is because of the like maybe total 14 minutes where a predator is actually fighting the aliens. Everything else is just so fucking awful. Wow. Like, Haven't
0: seen either one of those. Don't plan on it. Good. Uh, Don't waste your time. um,
2: And I do see that Topher Grace is in uh, Under the Silver Lake,
0: which I hear is really good. I downloaded it. Hopefully he's good. I'm waiting to uh, get time to watch it. Mm. Looking forward to it. I was, uh, you know, I liked, um, uh, whatever the fuck the last one was called. It follows. Mm. So I didn't love it like everybody else did, but I, I liked it. I'll check it out. Um, well I'll, I'll go next. I, I watched, uh, minding the gap, which is on Hulu and it's nominated for best documentary feature. It's probably the only one of those I'll have a chance to see before the document before the uh, Oscars. But, um, yeah, I liked Mining the Gap.
2: Oh, uh, uh, Fathers and Sons
0: is on Canopy. Oh no shit. Okay, which is
2: sorry one of the one of the nominated also nominated.
0: Yeah. Oh Mining the Gap is directed by Bing Liu, who also is in the film, uh, and it's about him and his buddies, two other guys whose names I don't recall. But um, yeah, and they're all like they were skaters in their youth and uh it's kind of about i would say a lot of it's about like growing up and getting uh out of that but more 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 of it is about the cycle of abuse cycles of abuse uh you know the fact that his friend was treated like shit in his childhood so now he treats his girlfriend like shit and uh beats her and stuff like that and him on camera, being really candid about that and trying to rationalize what he's what he's doing and how he's behaving, and it's really really uh, intimate. Uh, some of it, and I really enjoyed that about it. Uh, I liked it. I liked it. I don't know, it's really good. I, I look forward to. I don't know how this guy Bing Liu is going to do anything else because it feels like he's spent his whole life making this movie.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't know. I'm not sure how how he's going to get any kind of anything that's going to rival this. Really, like I don't know how good of a filmmaker he really is he just happened to be carrying a camera with him for like 20 years you know right so but uh yeah it's it's pretty solid i I really like the self-examination stuff like he interviews his mother in it uh and they he talks about you know they talk about his childhood and how he was abused and by her uh husband i think or ex-husband and uh so yeah there's a lot of just really really powerful interesting stuff in it and i i agree with jr that it uh deserves this nomination but unfortunately i don't think it has a chance it's also too, a little too i feel like it's too dark for the yeah. academy to give it any kind of further recognition yeah the the nomination is the win exactly yeah. like it's just like schrader like the nomination is the, he won't win yeah the right. nomination yeah. is the win so but uh yeah jr i gave it a four sorry jr <laughs> Alright,
2: so I did some uh, best picture catch up. I'm gonna do uh I did Green Book.
0: Um, directed by Peter the, or uh, Bobby. Which one? What? Peter or Bobby Farelli. Peter. Peter Farelli.
2: The serious one. Is he? Just I, don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't can't think tell the so difference. in yeah. this movie. Um so this is a movie about a uh, a human-shaped sack of Italian stereotypes <laughs> that drives around a uh, an African-American musician, a, a famous one, a very respected one, on a tour through the Deep South in I think 1962. Uh, I think it it's pretty much like October to December of 1962 or 61. Can't remember what
0: uh, early 60s. Mm. Um, Let me just get that. Full we'll fact check that real quick, Jared. No, go, go ahead. <laughs> it's very important. Yeah. Um, man,
2: it's just all about uh, them driving in the car and Vigo Mortensen, the Italian, uh, just talking to Marshall Ali about all the shit he doesn't <laughs> like and how does he not like that stuff.
0: I'm sorry. Just real quick, we've got an update. It's definitely 1962.
2: All right. Th- thank you. Thank no you. That was very important. Uh, so they're like, "Well, you don't know Aretha Franklin. These are your people. You don't eat fried chicken. These are your people."
1: Wow, it's like
2: <laughs> it's just that forever. This is a 130-minute movie, Ugh. and uh, the movie starts with this. It just starts with Vigo Mortensen being shown to be very racist. Like two guys come to fix uh, his oven or something in in his house, and. So all of his buddies come over to make sure that the black guys don't do anything to his pretty <laughs> wife. Um, God. <laughs> and uh, and then when Linda Cardellini, his wife, offers them glasses of water, he throws away the water glasses, you know, because because uh, he's mooks or whatever they say, I can't I think they use the word mooks. Uh, <laughs> drank out of the glasses. But then once he's hired by Mahersha Ali, that goes away. He's not racist anymore. <laughs> So uh he didn't just, like, know trying... any
0: black people before JR. Right. He didn't. He changed. So, yeah. so now
2: he's just like uh <laughs> well, I'm getting paid to to like get you to these tour these these concerts, so I'm gonna be your friend. And he's gonna try and understand Mahersha Ali. And Mahersh he's gonna try and make Mahershala Ali understand. <laughs> Mahersha... him.
0: Did he so, does he ever like... say forget about it?
2: <laughs> of course he does. <laughs> 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 it's 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 oh fucking insane And by the way it's so like this racist guy who's all of a sudden not racist he doesn't like ever have to learn anything because all of a sudden he's a static character he's trying to to help marisha ali figure out his identity so it's all about marisha Lee's <laughs> like identity crisis wow. so like all of a sudden this movie about racism is really just about how the white guy is going to teach the black guy to understand who he is Sounds it's like sounds this is great, man. Fucking insane. <laughs> it's insane. And it's, it's forever. <laughs> it's just, like at every concert they go to, they're like, oh, we gotta have a scene about how they won't let Mahersh Ali use the bathroom. <laughs> it's just like, how many times do we gotta do this? You're giving oh, me this candy coated this candy coated version of the South? I'm sure it was much fucking worse than that. Uh like don't
0: apparently I, it was uh I, written by the character Vigo Morton plays Vigo Mortensen plays his the, that character is a real person and his son wrote the screenplay.
1: Right. Yeah. And did y'all hear about that's the controversy surrounding this?
0: That he said the N word during an interview?
1: Well, not that's only that's the one
0: I'm reading about right
1: now. Not only that, like uh Mahershal Ali's character, like the family is Oh the like, family doesn't like The family yeah, yeah. was like, What? This is bullshit. They weren't best they weren't best friends. Yeah. You know, they you just yeah. drove them around for a couple they of months. That was it. Apparently, it's all about
2: how great Vigo mourns character is. Right. Apparently right. Kareem
0: Abdul-Jabbar is very much against this film. He wrote a piece about it in The Hollywood Reporter condemning it. Ouch. And Quincy <laughs> Jones doesn't like it either. <laughs> uh,
2: Look, this movie is a it, – it's also just like a piece of shit. Like why is it so long? Why does it hit the same beats over and over again? Why is it so boring? I, it's And and then it's got like this like saccharine fucking ending – uh, that's happy for everybody.
0: Sorry. Quincy Jones likes it. My bad. <laughs>
2: oh, well. Um, and you know what? This is a two out of five and it's not the fucking, it's not the fucking worst best picture nominee. And that makes me really sad
0: yeah, because it's yeah, depressing
2: going, going through my list of like, I, I ranked all the best picture nominees that have been made. <laughs> There aren't many two out of fives. Like most of them, at least reach average quality.
0: Sure. Is this a two? This is sad. This is two. Okay. Wow. I really this is the kind of thing I hate is hearing you bash this movie and knowing that I still have to watch it. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like I still have to sit down and watch this thing uh, soon. You know.
2: (laughs) But but you can now go in with like. I should have no hope. I can just laugh. Right, right.
0: That's true. I mean, at least I have that. Um, so yeah.
2: Well.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sorry.
0: That's well. you know, it's my it's my own doing. I don't have to watch it. I force myself. So, Kevin?
1: Okay. So, um So, I've been going through a couple more of uh Christopher Nolan's movies. Watched uh, Memento and Interstellar. Memento is decent for what you, it is. You like seen it's, this it's very Oh it's been a while. Oh, okay. Um like it's yeah, it's been a really long time. Like I remember most of what happened but um but yeah. So I think the acting in it is really solid. Like I really like Joey uh Pantoliano. He's really great and Guy Pierce I think is really good too. Uh Carrie Ann Moss, eh, she's all right. Um Stick in the Matrix, bitch. Am I right? I don't know I'm, <laughs> I don't kidding. I don't Just remember kidding. being being huge huge about the Matrix either. But uh anyway, sexy um, in those
0: skin tight leather outfits. She, oh yeah. She gets
1: like I always I always made the like er, like I always made the joke about uh like when Neo and Trinity and all of them they, they get back to uh whatever it's called at the beginning of Reloaded. And like Harold Harold Parano is like grabbing that kid. Like, come on, kid. These thing, these these two got things to do. And I'm like each other. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yes. They're so gonna, gonna memento, memento, I think, is pretty solid. It's just not like it, it, there's nothing that pushes it up higher. Um, yeah, I gave it another three and a half. Huh. Now, when it comes to Interstellar, I'd seen this before, and I remembered it being you know decent. I was wrong. I didn't realize how wrong I was because, Oh my God, there is no reason for all of this to take so long. And like, there's, there's a point in the middle of the movie where like, so Michael Caine's character dies, apparently knowing that he's been sending everybody out on suicide missions And, like, it's a really, like, manipulative moment. Like, this did not need to happen. Like, so Anne Hathaway's, she plays Michael Caine's daughter. So not only is she wrecked because her father just died, but now she realizes that her father sent her on a suicide mission. And then Matt Damon is trying to kill people. And, like, Wes Bentley just disappears and waves. Like... I just get so sick of science fiction movies that, you know, like, oh, we're in space, everybody dies, and there's, you know, like one or two people left and it's like, y'all don't have to do this. You don't. Unless and it's an alien movie. I get Well, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a for, it's a formula they're following and intellectually I realize that, but in my heart I, you know, I have a tougher time accepting it. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I I don't I'm not a scientist so I don't care about all the science that's in it. It's fine, whatever. It's just like half more than half of the things in this movie did not need to happen. They didn't need to kill an infant off-screen. They didn't need to make uh Casey Affleck just this horrible piece of shit who's like just going down with his farm. They didn't need to make uh his younger self uh Timothy Chalamet they didn't need to make him such a dickhead.
0: He's in Interstellar?
1: Yeah, he plays oh, uh, Casey Affleck's younger self.
0: I did um, not remember that. I, me neither. I, I didn't know who he was at the time when I watched it. Yeah, that, so. same
1: here. Um, have to re-watch they didn't it. need to make it so loud. Yeah, they didn't need to make it so loud. I they that
0: power, man. That that Zimmer score with the organ. <laughs> what the fuck? Hang on. Uh, Kevin's screen has a Twitter uh, thing. No, wait. It's a Skype thing. What is that? Oh, yeah.
1: I just yes. sent it to you. Oh. It's all good. Well, the the link went away, so okay, we're good. Sorry. Yeah, we'll 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 see it later. Um, but yeah, in Inter- Interstellar is just bad. It's such a poorly written script. They obviously spent so much more time on the effects and trying to get it scientifically correct that like writing a good story and like like one of the things that like really boggled my mind like they you know. They have Matt Damon's character like you know they send him to a planet and he real and he realizes that it's not inhabitable and he doesn't know if anyone's ever going to come get him. But then they do come and get him and he decides to go evil. But not only does he go pure evil, he also goes stupid. Because there's a point where like he's like he's got like one of their ships and he's trying to dock with the thing that'll like get them across space and time. And he decides that the computer telling him that the airlock is not secure, that's just not important. So I'm just going to blow myself up out of quote-unquote arrogance. And like you know, Nolan As a director is always, you know, lauded as someone who's like, oh, you know, he tries to build people up and help people learn. And it's like, no. Mm. Like that, this. This just shatters anything yeah, I, 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 that I, you could learn, quote unquote, about science or space or time or yeah. anything.
0: I was mildly, I was ex- mildly excited about uh, seeing it just from the perspective of, you know, I thought like there might be some good ideas and it's some sci fi, interesting sci fi stuff. But right. yeah, I feel like anything that, you know, I mean, the, some of the most interesting stuff in it, I think, happens on the. That water planet with the wave that comes by, and and how, right. how the the time dilation stuff, like when they get back, and that guy's been up there for like twenty years or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like that's an interesting idea. I don't know, like how much more you could do with that, other than like just saying he was up here for twenty years. You know, it's like, oh, that sucks. But yeah, uh, yeah. Everything at the end, it just feels like you know, pretty like pitiful homage towards two thousand one. Like, uh, yeah, it doesn't even. I mean, it's. Just, I mean. To even call it homage it's really just kind of a ripoff you know more than anything and i really hate all the shit with the time loop of him you know yeah. he is the ghost that his daughter thinks exists in the room like <laughs> I, that shit sucks
1: yeah like yeah and like i'll I'll talk about uh 2001 and 2010 a little later now i'll turn the floor over to somebody else oh
0: okay uh i watched uh the fire festival documentary fire on netflix uh, which was, you know, entertaining and uh, it's an interesting story, I guess. Most interesting part about it is just how, like, insanely stupid the main guy who put the festival on seems to be. Like, he just he does himself no favors ever. Like, he has these ridiculous ideas and then he just kind of beats him into the ground until he's caused a lot of trouble for himself and other people. And it's, like, after the fire Festival, which, you know, I think I bore everybody with the details of the fire Festival, obviously, it's like, a big catastrophe. But after that, he's, like, being indicted for, you know, fraud and everything, and he's looking at jail time, and he starts another scam business, and he asks people to film it, to film himself doing it. It's just, like, totally insane. Like, I, he's just, again, this is, like, kind of, like, going back to the Ted Bundy thing. He just seems like a total narcissist, you know, doesn't feel like he can do anything wrong and... So much so that he's just brazenly like, yeah, let's just fucking film it, man, because we need all this footage. You know? like, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck they're going to use it for. But, uh. Uh, yeah, really, really enjoyable, and uh, I would recommend it for uh, like a lazy Sunday afternoon. you got nothing else to do. Watch Fire. Cool.
2: I think uh, the Netflix Fire documentary does a really good job of detailing the construction of the Firefest, like the literal construction on the island Mm. and it has uh, a few local voices like that restaurant owner yeah that i think were pretty effective um but i i prefer the hulu one just because the hulu one is much funnier and the hulu one spent like a hulu one spends a lot more time like chronicling how ridiculous billy is like it goes like into his, it goes much more detail into that, that Magnesis shitty credit card business he had. Um, and it spends more time on the social media stuff that I liked, but, uh, both, both are good. Yeah. I like, I, I liked
0: both. I, I will agree. I didn't see the, I didn't see the Hulu one yet, but, um, I will agree that like the, the Netflix one definitely has this weird like super ominous tone to the whole thing as mm-hmm. if he as if it was like people died during the th- you know what I mean like <laughs> nothing that serious happened it's just like people got scammed out of money like it's not that big of a deal but they, it definitely has like the, the score and everything is really super dark and it's just like I don't know impending doom kind of throughout the whole thing
2: yeah <laughs>
0: Oh, whatever. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 Uh, my note here says it has standard manipulative documentary score.
0: <laughs> Actually, uh, I heard on another podcast that, uh, they reuse some of Fincher and Atticus, not Fincher, uh, Atticus Ross and, um, the fellow. Trent who, yes. Trent Reznor. They used some of his, their, <laughs> their score from uh gone girl apparently in it. Oh yeah. Hmm. So I don't know. Good
1: for them. Yeah. That was something I really liked about that episode of twin peaks. Like, we are proud to present the Nine Inch Nails. Uh, Nine Inch, yeah.
0: <laughs> I really hate the song they play on that episode. It was—it's pretty boring, brutal. And his like the thing where he like laughs during the chorus. It's oh my god! It's yeah. heinous. Do, do you think Lynch chose
2: that song? He did. He he. Well, he
0: didn't choose a song. Apparently, I read that they they were going to play a different song, and they played it, and Lynch didn't like it, and he asked them to play something else, and they played this one. Ah. Uh. I was like, what a bummer. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> yeah. But anyway. Who who are we on? Because you you just talked about fire it's, also. It's so, okay, yep. go ahead. All right.
2: Uh, finally sat down with the old man and the gun. Oh yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is uh, David Lowry's gonna kind of old man bank robbery movie from last year. Uh, Robert Redford is a bank robber in nineteen eighty one. He's old. He's very polite. Uh, Sissy Spacek is the woman who hangs out with him occasionally, does not know he's a bank robber, and Casey Affleck is the burnt-out detective who's uh, trying to catch Robert Redford. Killer mustache, and, man. <laughs> yeah.
0: <clears throat>
2: he's really good. Oh, he's al- he's awesome. Really
0: good. I, uh, oh,
2: God, yeah.
0: I love Casey Affleck. Go ahead. <laughs> uh,
2: this is a... Uh, you know, Low- Lowry makes it look like it was shot in 1981, and I, I found that very impressive. Like I thought I was watching an eighties movie, but Whoa. with with you know, with twenty twenty first century stars. I
0: wonder how he does that. Does he like use a different film stock? Did you do any research? I did not do any research. I'll get I right on, care. on. Go ahead.
2: <laughs> I was just happy I was just happy it existed. Right. Uh, Danny Glover and Tom Waits have like pretty fun supporting roles as Redford's uh bank robbing associates. Um <laughs> You, you know, I was like, there's nothing wrong with this movie, but it's just kinda like a it's like a pleasant pleasant trifle.
0: It's shot you know, it's, it's shot on Super sixteen.
2: Nice. It's uh you know, it's occasionally funny. Robert Redford is super charming and that's that's it.
0: It's his last it's, film role, yeah. are you are you bummed out or? No.
2: <laughs> I mean Yeah, he's he's old and, and he's good and I'm you know, I'll always have uh his his earlier body of work. I don't need him to keep acting. Fair was enough. Was he gonna like keep being in Captain America movies or something? Like, no. Uh, know.
0: You know, maybe the Avengers films. I don't know. Yeah. Did he die in the one that he? was I
3: don't remember.
2: Sure. He, yeah. He's probably not coming back. He he's extremely back- old.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, for his health, at some point, you should probably stop
0: acting. I mean, Eastwood. Just, to be fair, Eastwood's ten years older than he is, and he's still yeah. so.
1: <laughs> I mean, He's still like, acting forget, and directing. You forget how you still old Eastwood is, sense. like really. Yeah,
0: totally. So, um, yeah, Jr. Uh, not J. R. You're not J. R. Kevin.
1: <laughs> uh, real quick, J. R. Do you think Paul Newman would have made this movie any better? Oh, interesting. Like in place of like Robert the Richard? skeleton no, of Paul like, Newman. <laughs> no, but like, say, say Newman was still alive. Like, do you think it would have been better? As well, maybe not better if they had
0: made the movie 20 years ago
1: yeah like if if newman was in it and they were like you know buddies or like he had or he had like one of the one of the supporting roles i thought you meant newman
0: takes his place no no no, well like you got a bigger star no
1: i think so but like you got like Uh, butch cassidy and the sundance kid you got uh, the sting and i think there's another one that has the two of them in it i don't know um but yeah judge
0: roy bean is george roy hill yeah no, no, Judge Roy it, Bean, Judge Roy Life, Bean. And, Life and Time. Are they and, both or, in Judge Roy Bean? I don't know. I, I, I'm just trying to think of another film that they're both in. Huh. Uh, I, know,
2: uh, I don't know. I mean, that, that might have been playing up nostalgia a little bit too hard. Uh, yeah, you right. They're both in it. But, you know, you can't say. I, I love both of them. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, I like The Sting. I like Butch Cassidy and The Sundance Kid. That's
0: the only two they're in. Ah, okay. uh, because Redford told The Telegraph, I nearly did a third film with Paul Newman. Was Paul Newman really a, a much bigger star? I don't. I'm not saying he was a much bigger star. I think I just think of the two, he's the. More, I think he's the more acclaimed actor for sure. Like I think people yeah. consider him a good actor, and they don't really. I don't think. I don't think Redford. I think that's come late in Redford's career that he's any kind okay. of a good actor. You know.
1: Yeah, and like Newman had been like, you know, like Cool Hand Luke and. Um, uh, the hustler, you know, a lot of like real big yeah. name stuff, and, and like, he won. He, and he, he won the Academy stuff, too. yeah, and he won yeah, the Academy
0: yeah. Award for acting, right? Whereas Redford, I think, has only been nominated,
1: you know, uh, a couple of times, so. right? Um, but anyway, okay. So I rewatched American Beauty. Um, a a lot of a yeah. lot of the letterboxed uh, reviews of this um, echo my own sentiments, like. This movie has not landed on the good side of history. Now, okay, so right off the bat, you have Kevin Spacey playing a dude who's in like a midlife crisis. And like he's like fallen in lust with Mina Suvari's character who's like 16 or 17. So like, so you've got that going for it as far as you know problems Mm -hmm. but here's the thing so thora birch and wes bentley are um so thora birch is kevin spacey's daughter in the movie mina savari is her friend wes bentley is the new neighbor who eventually becomes her boyfriend not only do you have kevin spacey lusting after Mina Suvari, like, hardcore. But then, like, whenever Thora Birch brings it up, both Mina Suvari and Wes Bentley are like, what, you wish he would be going after you? So, like, not only do we have this creepy old man lusting after a teenager, we've got her friends making incest jokes at her expense. And that's just going a little far, I think. She, especially, I, Especially, like... When Wes Bent- Bentley does it, that's like right after they just had sex for, I think, the first time. Yeah. And that's. Well, I, that's a I little
0: do much. like the comment. I do like the scene, though, when uh, Suvari, when he's listening through the, through the bedroom door and Suvari's talking about oh, his, yeah, his big talk yeah. and all that stuff. And <laughs> yeah. she's just trying to make Thorbert <sighs> <Bertrand> uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. And,
1: and she's succeeding, too. Yeah. Um.
0: But you, you, so you just—I uh, mean, what, what's the—that's one well, it's, line. It's, like, it's, what's it's, the complaint of this about this film for you?
1: Well, for you know, obviously the biggest one is Kevin Spacey, now known to be you know a regular a sexual assaulter. Do uh, you say diddler? <laughs> yeah, yeah, diddler. Yeah. Um, but it's—that it's, I mean it's that's not something
0: that comes into your mind while you're watching this movie.
1: How could it not? I
0: don't know. I don't think I. Think you got about a middle.
1: That. You got a middle-aged man who's like yeah, having a lot of sexual fantasies about a girl, about a seventeen-year-old. Yeah,
0: but about a girl.
1: Like uh, he's he's I, gay
0: in real life, so I mean, it's like it's.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, because that that apparently was what was supposed to make it all right. He
0: assaulted boys, right? Exactly. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. but I
1: mean, I, I don't know. I just. I, but it, it's not only that. It's the fact, like. I think this is a problem with, like, a lot of, like, Alan Ball's creations. Like, mm-hmm. he also did uh, Six Feet Under, and he was the showrunner for True Blood. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of, you know, like, really, like, overly cynical dialogue. And, um, you know, the, like, Annette Benning is his wife. And, like, you know, it's the whole cliche of, like, oh, she's trying to be successful in life, so obviously she's dead inside and
0: she's yeah. unfulfilled also though as a wife right i mean yeah because he jerks off in the shower every morning instead of fucking her right so i mean like, right, they don't have but, any kind of relationship yes not the to thing, i, the I thing, just i feel like i have to defend the movie you I, can do I, both it's been yeah, I, I agree i agree i just feel like it's been so long since i've seen it i i, right, I should yeah, have rewatched yeah. it but uh and i i know the typical uh complaints about it are kind of like the same kind of things you hear about a lot of movies from this same year, actually ninety nine. Mm. Uh, like Fight Club, for instance, is right. be like that. They're uh, kind of almost like style over substance, and that there's this. They're they're overrated. You know, they shouldn't have got the acclaim they got, and not that Fight Club really got the acclaim. Though. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Mean, yeah. Fight, was, fight Club went nowhere. But I mean, you know, until, American until Beauty won Best later. Picture, and it's like yeah. But I feel like it's one of the for me, it's one of the better Best Picture winners I've seen. I'm I'm not like Jr. I haven't seen every single Best Picture winner, so <laughs> but uh, yeah. I if my mean... table
2: if my table was lighter, I'd flip it.
0: <laughs> what what? Uh, where does this rank on your list of nominees? Oh, uh, let me let me check. Okay, go ahead, right, Should Kevin. Continue, huh. please.
1: But yeah, it's it's like uh, yeah, for me it was like the over overly like you know cynical sarcastic stuff, which you know just in general I've yeah. become so tired of because. That's that's like a checklist for like showing how deep a character is in so many movies. Um especially yeah, especially around that time. Yeah, I mean I feel like it's um, definitely definitely dated, like yeah, it's a it's, product
0: it, of its of that of the late nineties.
1: Right. But it, it's it's also, you know, like the So Kevin Spacey like quits his job and, you know, is blackmailing the company. And like at some point, you know, he could have had like some, you know, revelation about his, you know, marriage to Annette Benning, whereas, like, you know, she talks about divorcing him, but then he's, like, also blackmailing her with, like, you know, oh, I think I'd be entitled to half of what you make, and it's like, if you really don't like her that much, like, why don't you just divorce her? Like, supposedly your life is getting so much better now that you've, quote-unquote, stopped caring about things. Like, it's just, like, It's, like, what we're establishing in the character is not what's following through. And, like, Mm -hmm. we're supposed to be feeling sympathy for him, but he just keeps doing these ridiculous things that, like, you know, it's hard to feel any kind of sympathy for him. And, like, yes, I will give it to the movie. Spoiler to everybody. There is a point where he, like, does have a half-naked Mina Savari in front of him. And then, you know, he finds out that she's actually a virgin, whereas like the entire movie she's been talking about dicks, dicks, dicks. And he's like, no, this isn't right. I can't do this. And I will give the movie that credit that he kind of snaps out of it.
0: Well, I mean that's yeah, and if he if he fucks her, it's like irredeemable, right? I mean Exactly, what, exactly. How are you supposed to feel about the character after he has sex with an underage girl who's yeah, his yeah. daughter's I mean, yeah. <laughs> friend? It's like that would be really bizarre.
1: Yeah. But uh but yeah, and then like uh Chris Cooper's character is like, you know, super homophobic through the entire movie and then it turns out he's gay. And surprise! Like, surprise! He, surprise! Surprise! And like you know, and self-hating he, gay. I mean, it's yeah, what self-hating gay. That's, but like that, that happens. Yeah, and it's well, like it's like okay, so like what what is this leading to? What him, is this?
0: It's leading to him killing Kevin Spacey because he
1: nobody, yeah no, nobody he can g- know because he he gives gay. he kind of gives <laughs> that a, well he kind of <laughs> gives that away at the beginning. Like let me tell you about the last week of my life and. um and all that, but, like, it just doesn't come together in any kind of satisfactory way for has me. has some
0: iconic imagery in it, though. You can't argue with that, right? I mean, the dream sequences with yeah, the rose the dream petals and everything.
1: Yeah, and there's a point where, like, they're watching one of uh, Wes Bentley's... Um, oh, yeah, the bag? Yeah, because, yeah, <laughs> you know, just going back and forth, and they're having, like, real deep teen dialogue. It's been
0: parodied a lot. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually, that, that actually... I, I, Mildly embarrassed to say it used to have An emotional effect on me the last time yeah, I watched yeah. it, it did watching like, that scene when he Was like explaining that It was like the bag was asking me To dance with it and god yeah, was trying yeah. To tell me something or whatever and I was like that, that I don't know it, it, it worked for me last time I saw it now it's been a good At least seven eight years Since I've seen right. this movie all the way through so
1: And this it's, is only it's this... been more
2: like It's been more like twelve for me Wow uh. Yeah, and this Special. is
1: only the second time that I've seen it okay. and like I really don't remember a lot. I remember I don't remember what I thought about it back then. Yeah. Um uh but yeah, like now it's just there there're just too <coughs> many things that are taking away from this movie for me that like, you know, it could have been something better, but like anytime like I like personally, you know, this is just me obviously. Like, any time it could make a positive turn, I think it makes a negative one. Mm. And, like, you know, the whole trying to get get so much sympathy out of these, you know, unlikable characters. Like, I can see what they're trying to do, but it just doesn't come together for me to make the point that I think it's trying to make.
0: And where did Wes Bentley go, am I right? I mean, this guy...
1: He was a, he was in the first Hunger Games. Yeah he was I know. in Interstellar yeah, yeah. for like five minutes.
0: He was also actually was in um something actually that I saw really recently.
1: But yeah, but you're right, but, I mean, like he really he, hasn't done much. Yeah,
0: his career kind we of kinda went nowhere after. That. He, I, he was in the Four Feathers remake with um Keith oh. Ledger and Kate Hudson, and then uh. it was like right after that, it was just like end of his career, man. Mm. Anyway. Um okay. Well uh so I've got a hard out here at five 20, which is about 30 minutes from now. Just to let you guys know, but let's talk Bohemian Rhapsody. No, (laughs) (laughs) Bohemian Rhapsody is uh, directed by Brian Singer. uh, Controversially directed, I guess, by Brian Singer and the DP when Brian Singer was away Uh, and stars uh, the guy from robot, show. What's what's the guy's called
1: uh, Rami Malik. Rami Rami Malik Malik, yeah. Yeah,
0: He plays uh Freddie Mercury with the most ridiculous pair of false teeth I've ever seen in the movie (gasps) that uh totally just make him very difficult to understand for the first several scenes, I think. He
2: can't he can't talk at the beginning of the movie. Exactly. Yeah.
0: (laughs) It's it's a little awkward. Uh but yeah, it also stars though, weirdly enough, and I don't know if uh even noticed this, but the uh, the fellow who plays their bassist, John Deacon. Do you recognize this guy? Uh, should I know? I don't. I don't think I did. He's played by Joseph Mazzello, who was in the Jurassic K- Park the- and the, as the kid in Jurassic Park. Wow! Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. So uh, he and he, he does have a striking resemblance to uh, a young John Deacon. So. Hmm. I'm fine with it, Uh, but it's weird to see these American actors put on these phony British accents. There's a lot of people putting on phony British accents Mm. in this movie, Uh, and it's yeah, it just this movie is everything that's wrong with. Problem. I agree. It's everything that's wrong with biopics. Uh, It hits all of the main. It's like worse than Walk the Line. You know what I mean? It's like it's. It's just it doesn't have the good performances that that at least, you know, like at least walking Phoenix is trying to put on like a like he's trying to do an actual performance as opposed to like this goofy imitation. And uh, there's a lot of just strange, like emotionally manipulative moments, uh, I would say, culminating with the most offensive scene I've seen in the film in the last maybe five years after Freddie Mercury is diagnosed with HIV. Or I guess he's got like full-blown AIDS when he gets diagnosed. He uh, he's walking down the hall, this ridiculously like morning dew, sunlit hallway, uh, looking like he, looking like he's entering he- the gates of heaven, you know. And uh, there's a there's a, a skinny, scrawny man with lesions all over him who's obviously also afflicted with AIDS. Uh, who has to has to? He recognizes Mercury, you know, and he's just he's a fan, you know. So he has to give him the uh, oi. <laughs> He has, to, he has to give him a little, a little, uh, a little nod, and uh, Mercury, hell, <laughs> he has to give it back to him. So yeah, just, just absolutely brutal, and I mean, so cringeworthy. <laughs> will,
1: you, will you guys excuse me while I go and just empty my veins? Yeah, I, know.
0: I, I can't, I can't deal with it. It's, this. it's, it's, uh, it's hard to, like, I don't want to. I also don't want to be one of these people who's just, like, dumping on something to dump on it. But, like, this is, like, particularly offensive in its mediocrity. Mm -hmm. Uh, And just, like, again, touched on touched on this earlier, but the length of these movies, like, this movie is two and a half, I think it's 217 or something. It's, like, does not need to be this long. Like, and Queen as a band and Freddie Mercury as a person, I don't think they warrant this kind of attention. And I'm a Queen fan. I like Queen's music. I really like some of their music that like a lot of people the critics don't like at all. Like their first I like their first two albums. Their second album in particular is unbelievably good. And I listened to it right after I watched this movie. It was the best thing I can say about the movie. But um I just don't think their their story is that interesting to make a two and a half hour prestige picture about.
2: And they didn't even include interesting things. Right. They made it seem like they're a band who doesn't fight until like the end when they like Freddie's like, I'm going to go solo. And then they fight. And then he like comes back half an hour later, like, I want to ask for forgiveness. And they're like, go wait outside. We'll take five seconds to say yes. (laughs) And I was like, why are we extending this movie again? Yeah, I know Um,
0: it's brutal it's brutal. And I mean and, all of it like and then
2: I, they perform a, a full length concert.
0: Yeah. Almost every song they played at Live Aid is in this movie and it's Did
2: you see that the Blu-ray release is advertising itself as including the whole Live Aid concert? And I was like, "Jesus. Did goodness. I not see that?"
1: <laughs> I Felt like I saw that. So is it like cutting back and forth the entire movie between no. Live no, Aid no, 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 and No, no, no. It's oh, just, okay. it's
0: like a it bookends uh, essentially, but the last scene is about half an hour and it's just Live Aid it's him playing all the songs. They've been playing all the songs live. Except for uh, they apparently they played We Were Rocky," which is not in the film and he did the the OA thing, the where he talks to the crowd, OA oh, and they like respond to it or whatever. They didn't do uh, No, he did do that actually in the film though, I think. He did, yeah. yeah, there's some other song though that they play and they don't have it in the film. But um it's yeah, it's just uh it's entirely bloated and uh, absolutely ridiculous. And I, I agree. There's like, there's interesting things. There are interesting things about the band and their history and their experimentation in the recording studio, for instance, is very interesting. And they, they sum it up in like a three minute montage and it's just so ridiculous. And, uh, the, they the just idea...
2: make it seem like all of Freddie's ideas come from nowhere. Yeah. He gives like weird writerly two minute monologues a couple of times. to so just like, I had this brilliant idea. And that,
0: that's it yeah. That's really and insulting Mike Myers has yeah. to listen to it And I uh, You know Comparing it to something That Is similar only uh, In the way that it's about a band The, the movie The Doors Which mm-hmm. I know uh, Not everyone is a huge fan of The Doors Either The, the film or the band uh, I like the the film of The Doors And I think it does a lot of things That this movie does poorly I think it does it well Like the idea of collaboration It Like the like when um, I don't know if you guys remember You've seen The Doors? Yeah okay. It's been a while Yeah
1: you haven't seen it, Jr. Oh my god! When they're, when they're writing "Light My Fire." Well, mainly when or... Mor-
0: when Morrison meets uh, Ray Manzarek on the beach. Oh yeah, he's, yeah. And he he sings him the lyrics, and like Manzarek, before he even hears him, he's like, "These are really good, man." And then he sings oh. them like a cappella. Right. Sings, uh, uh, it's like Moonlight Drive. Yeah, Moonlight yeah. Drive. Exactly. And uh, I I just think like that's that's an interesting moment because you get you get Manzarek with like the kind of like dollar signs in his eyes. But for Morrison, it's like the spiritual thing or something. You know, what right, I mean? like that's, right. that's interesting. It shows you both characters. And this film, it's like I agree with with J.R. This there is no fighting. There are no characters. They're all the exact same person, except that Freddie Mercury is flamboyant. <laughs> like that is the difference. And he, and he becomes an asshole. But they but they play it off as he's an asshole because of the he surrounds himself with these people. Well, not these people. This one guy who is a dick who holds information from him and it's just it's really goofy and like so like like one note linear like no there's no depth to anything in this and it's just brutal and i really it makes me pine for the idea of the sasha baron cohen was going to play mercury originally right yeah and, and what he would have done with it because he wanted to get into the seedier aspects of like you know they had orgies and shit and cocaine everywhere and yeah stuff like that and I'm like that's interesting and i remember reading a, a mojo magazine did like a like a whole issue about queen uh when i was a teenager and my, my parents bought it for me because they they knew i liked queen a lot and i read it and that had all that kind of stuff in it like all their crazy debaucherous parties and right they had like midgets with trays attached to their heads full <laughs> yeah. of cocaine so like like that's kind of that that would have been interesting to see <laughs> right yeah but apparently you know brian may and roger taylor don't want us don't want us to see that part of their careers
1: yeah they just want us to see a pile of shit
0: yeah it's absolute garbage far and away the worst it it would have been number two on my worst of list had i seen it last year ah it's i would rather watch annihilation again (laughs) (laughs) but that's my last that's my last movie so
2: yeah we're running out of time for the deep dive yeah i gave it a one by the way right oh me too Mm -hmm. Should we uh should we get as much deep dive as we can?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure. fine with that. I'm sorry. Right. Sorry about that, guys. I oh, just I gotta go pick up my, my girl. Uh,
2: I mean, I'm just sad because I hate that movie so much I didn't want to talk about it. So uh, yeah, we're yeah. done
0: talking about it, JR. Put it out of your mind. All right. What are we
2: what what were we talking about? Okay. So <laughs> the deep dive for the week is Ulzana's Raid. My pick. Uh it's a western that I had seen before and really liked and wanted to uh revisit just I was, it was kind of feeling I was feeling a western mm. uh, This is directed by Robert Aldrich Who is a He was a notorious Just radical leftist Who made a lot of Violent Dark Cynical Films He had very few happy endings Throughout his career um, And they all Not all of them A lot of them that I have seen Are in some way Kind of anti-establishment this one, uh, and I'll, I'll go through the plot in a second. This one apparently was a... Uh, it was meant to be a critique of the U.S. involvement in Vietnam. It was released in 72, which I think is, uh, is right in the center of Vietnam.
0: I think or is that maybe a the little end? Maybe a little late
1: in the war. Okay. I, think we, right. I think
0: we left in 75,
1: no? I think it was a little earlier, like 74, oh, 73. Okay. Well, anyway. Okay. yeah. So... Uh, <laughs> Ulzana's Raid is about
2: a uh, a patrol of soldiers sent out to recapture an Indian, an Apache Indian, and his uh, party, the Ulzana, sorry, the titular Ulzana. Uz- I, I lost my ability to talk for a second. <laughs> uh, that party is, uh, the the group of soldiers is led by a very young, out of place skinny Bruce Davison, who is straight out of, uh, straight out of, uh, what's that? West, uh, West West Point. Point? Yeah. They, they imply he's from back East. I assume that's West Point. Um, and he takes along with him, Burt Lancaster, who plays Macintosh, who is a, an old world wary scout who, uh, lives with an Apache woman, seems to know the Apaches very well. And, uh, McIntosh works with an Apache man named Kanate, 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 yeah, <laughs> who, uh, who who seems to do most of the actual scouting.
0: I like um, it anytime Bruce Davison says that guy's name, Kanate, can I talk to you?
1: It's <laughs> 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 great. Kanate, um, the qualifications were supposed to be largely academic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's good.
2: So... Burt Lancaster heads out with Bruce Davison and their group of soldiers. Uh, they get the word that Ulzana is going to be just leaving nothing in his wake. He's going to rape, kill, burn. And uh, that's pretty much what he does. He does all of those things. Um, and it's, you know, I. I I couldn't tell if this movie is just kind of going along with the Western trope of, you know, showing the, the bad guy Indians or, I think they were making a point that like these, these Apache men have, uh, they have been made angry and violent by being forced under reservation. Um, but nothing goes well for anybody. Uh, you know. All of the homesteaders and civilians in the way of Ulzana and his party end up, uh, dead or maimed or left for dead. And, uh, Bruce Davison does everything in his power to be an idiot (laughs) and make sure that, uh, they do not capture or kill Ulzana. Uh, Kanete has to step in and do that himself at the end. Um, that's kind of the like. This really is a movie where it, it's just like a cat and mouse game, where you see uh, Ozana's kind of brilliant ideas of how to throw the Americans off his tracks, and you see Burt Lancaster uh, and Kenneday figuring it out and figuring out how they can get in front of them, and you see how Bruce Davison tries to undermine everything um, because he doesn't know he doesn't know how to tell a uh, an outside curve from a three-legged horse.
0: <laughs> good good callback. So
2: uh <laughs> yeah. what are you guys' thoughts? Uh uh
0: I, I liked it a lot. I liked yeah, I thought it was great. Um I will say though that the uh, one of the only issues I have with it, really, is just some of the some of the directions it goes in. Not even that's not, I can be really specific actually. what you just talked about, can it take killing Ulzana at the end i have i really really wanted them to fight <laughs> like when they confront each other when he confronts him i was like this is going to be fantastic this is going to push this into five territory they're going to have a an amazing indian fight with like a fucking knife and shit i was like this is going to be incredible and then he just gives up and you know gets executed
2: which i'm the film the film not... makes a point of refusing you that pleasure yeah uh, like, i mean and Ozana kneels down and starts singing. Uh, which uh, I like.
0: I like that. I mean, I like the way it ended, too. I don't mind that. But I just... I was... It's really just a matter of my expectation in that moment. I was like, this is this is what I'm expecting to happen. This better happen. And then it didn't happen. I was like, this fucking sucks. And, and the,
2: death, <laughs> the death is even off screen. I know. Exactly. You hear, you yeah. hear the bullet. Right. Which I don't I don't have that big
0: yeah. of an issue with because it's like a lot... They, they've, they've done that a, a, a quite a bit. And honestly, the movie... For as violent as the film is and uh, graphic in a way that I think a lot of films at this time weren't, it's still not that. And by today's standards, I mean, it's pretty tame, you know?
2: No, I, I think it's, it's of a, it's, I mean, it, it's of like a, of a similar level to the wild bunch. And in terms of violence, I don't
1: know it, probably uh, gra- it probably
2: is more, probably a little think.
1: less than the
0: wild, yeah, bunch. wild bunch is very graphic. There are so many so this, blood squibs in, in the wild bunch. Yeah.
2: This has all the uh, the horse shooting, which was really controversial. Oh right, yeah, yeah. The Wild Bunch doesn't have, but, but that's you know that's not people who cares about horses. Well, I mean, I would say I, I would say <laughs> besides like besides uh, the British who outlawed this movie.
0: Right. The interesting thing about uh, this film in terms of its violence is just the fact that they don't shy away from the fact that it's happening. You know. Yeah.
1: yeah. Like I mean, I feel
0: like there's a lot of like it, it's a west. It's a very bleak film, and it's like I don't feel like you don't see a lot of bleak westerns, especially from this time. Like this. Kind of nihilistic, like you said, nothing nothing happens good for anybody in this film, you know, and uh I like the idea that Olzana comes through and they you know they gang rape this poor woman and leave her tied up to a wagon, and the fact that you know that that's what happened in the film you know and and mm. and that they're just you are they left her alive so that this other thing would happen you know, we to leave her alive and and uh to bait them into bringing her back so they'll leave us alone or so they'll mm-hmm. come back through our territory or whatever it was like that's that's really uh, that's just an awesome moment in the film but it's also i feel like pretty unusual for a western of, of the period
1: I'd from ag- what i've seen yep. i'd agree and i think like like you f- you first get a real like Your first moment where you're like, okay, this is not a western that's of the time, Mm -hmm. is when that guy comes run. That guy comes, you know, turns his horse around, shoots the woman, insane, right between the (laughs) eyes, yeah, and then you know, like falls off, you know, gets thrown off his horse, and just immediately eats his pistol, yeah, amazing. It's
2: (laughs) and it's basically like what I mean. They talk about uh, doing that to avoid being captured by uh, Native American Indians, right. That segment about of Buster Scruggs,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And this
2: one doesn't talk about it. They just this like all of a sudden it. she's just shot in the head. Yeah, and that's like it, you think that soldier's going to shoot an Indian. It's like why doesn't he try to kill an Indian first? <laughs> right, he just shoots her in the head and shoots himself, and it's it's done. And he's like, oh, this kid will be fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know, I right? Guess. Well, and, and I mean, I, well, he must know. I mean, clearly, like the kid was fine because the Indians, I guess, they have like a code of honor or something. They won't kill a child or something. But I guess. And,
2: and that is. So at that point, you've seen Olzana's party uh, take down a, a soldier, but you haven't seen him kill, rape, or or just torture like a civilian. So at this point, I was like, "Is Ozana actually going to be as bad as they say?" Because right now, this the soldier has killed more people than <laughs> right, <the> right. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but no, Olzana was pretty bad.
0: And I mean, speaking of the him you know uh killing innocent people like the uh, the the raid on that guy's uh cottage when he kind of barricades himself inside of his house yeah. and they burn him out like that's that's awesome too like the when they all run out and the, they have the horn where yeah. they you know and then they make yeah. him think that it's yeah. Calver- Calvary coming and he starts like thanking god about it. like that, that that kind of shit that rules like that was so good to me i thought that was just brilliant i i the only thing i will say about that though is that it was pretty clumsy like you know that that's not like as the yeah, viewer, yeah, you yeah. know that uh, you know obviously that's Ozana's people playing that horn, and when they cut to the next shot, they have to show the horn on the soldier. Like it's it wasn't the soldiers doing. You know, it's like yeah, I, don't, yeah. I didn't need that to be spelled out well, for it, me. Right. Yeah,
2: the horn keeps coming up. Yeah, it turns out uh, Ozana's
0: son was the uh, the horn blower. I love that shit mm. too because I, I was really worried when Ozana's son got shot that because I heard the the clink of the bullet hitting the horn. And I was like, oh, man, he's going to like live and there's going to be some kind of like, you know, thing between him and like some kind of learning moment. or something. But no, he's just fucking dead. Like they shot yeah. him through the horn. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's 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 awesome. <laughs> I love how bleak it is. Let me just be really clear. <laughs> I, I couldn't I you know, if all Westerns were as dark as this movie is, I, I'm 100 percent in on all Westerns. But, you know, it, like I say, I feel like it's pretty unusual.
2: Mm. You, you might be in on, on Aldrich, who is, uh, who even in, in the 50s was making very dark material.
0: Um, I mean, I'm definitely they, interested they to check be, out more stuff for sure.
2: They couldn't be a, as graphic, right? A, you know, a, as visibly violent as this, but uh, Veracruz is, uh, also starring Lancaster, mm-hmm. is very like you could see a direct line from that to the Wild Bunch, which was 15 years later. Wow. Um, because it's it's all just bad people killing each other
0: yeah i've uh I started, in, in mexico i started downloading that and emperor of the north which i know you you all you watched i uh so it's actually good that you didn't get a chance to talk about it because i really want to uh watch it so we can talk about it next time yeah but um yeah so i don't know i i, I very very much uh enjoyed the picture i don't know it's <laughs> fucking good I've never seen a lot of Burt Lancaster movies I don't actually I'm not sure I've seen any Burt
1: Lancaster movies to be perfectly honest I've, until this I've seen a few because like he's become one of my all time favorite actors I will say that like he's good in a lot of stuff but a lot of the stuff that he's in is not quite so great oh really yeah but like it, um like uh sweet smell of success is five out of five it's fucking great um But, like, the the movie that he won the Oscar for, Elmer Gantry, I didn't think was all that great. I do not Uh, like that either. Yeah. Brute Force uh, is really good. Uh, Jules Dassin from the 40s. And that was also a movie that got a lot of attention for how violent it was for, like, 1947, 48. Um, Yeah, I haven't
0: seen any. of. Oh, I saw Buffalo Bill and the Indians.
1: Oh, yeah. But he's in there for, like,
0: 10
1: minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've
0: never I've seen any of I've never seen any of these other films. Mm. Uh that's really unfortunate. It's a big blind spot for me, you know. Uh especially like I mean, just like silly stuff like Field of Dreams I haven't even seen, you know. Me neither. Judgment at Nuremberg, The Killers. Killers is pretty I good. I started watching nineteen hundred, but I didn't finish it. It's uh. like five hours long, so it's yikes. I I, I
2: would not call it worth it. Um <laughs> but I I would say that Lancaster strikes me as an actor. I would I would not assume you'd love. He has a very, he's got like a very old movie star delivery,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and, and I think he has several lines in Ulzana's Raid that are, like, very much written to be, you know, like, like standout lines for Lancaster. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, when, you know, Davison asks him if he hates Apache's. And he says, no. And Davis says, well, I do. And he says, well, it might not make you happy, lieutenant, but it sure won't make you lonesome. Like that's the way he delivers that is very old school <laughs> movie star to me. Yeah. And, yeah. and I like
0: that. I but... do, too. I like I like that line in particular. But I really I I really like actually I, I prefer Davison's line in that in that exchange where he says, well, I do like the idea like he's decided now, you know, like these fucking people are disgusting, you know, and it, uh, like what they're doing and uh I will say that the, the main thing that I like about lancaster's performance in this film i don't I didn't find it like particularly great or anything, but I do like the idea that he never gets like demonstrably angry or anything like that like he's never he never ha- like i was waiting for him to have a big moment where he starts screaming at Davison or something yeah, but he's just yeah. he's always just so chill about it he's just like, well, we gotta get going over here now <laughs> yeah. like, he's just he never he doesn't seem to have like uh he doesn't have the energy it feels like to, uh, to get angry at people, which I I really dig. Yeah. I, part
2: of what I inferred about a lot of that relationship is his, his kind of like world weariness thing is that he's seen that the Americans are going to fuck this up. They're going to fuck up their relationship with the Apaches even more like they always do. And it's not really like something worth getting mad about. Mm hmm. Like the whole thing, like it, it's like getting mad at the desert for not having water. Right. Yeah. It, it's just like it, it's just part of just part of this shitty world that he lives in. Yeah, it's just the way things
0: are. Have you seen the Professionals? No, with have uh, I? Oh yeah, you have. You give it a three and a half. <laughs> okay, <laughs> a Richard Brooks movie, uh, western with Lancaster and Lee Marvin. You know. I'm, Jack, I'm wasting Jack time balance. looking up the uh plot <laughs> synopsis that's okay i i, I had downloaded this as well at some point so i was gonna check this out i like richard brooks so um but yeah i don't know i uh I, what can i say Ozana's raid was good i I'm, I'm bummed that jonathan didn't see it i hope he will watch it uh maybe to listen to this episode and have you know like enjoy our discussion but like because i feel like I feel like one of his favorite things about Buster Scruggs was that that scene, you know, that is similar to yeah. what happens in this movie and this movie being as kind of uh realistically bleak as it is, I feel like he he'd get a kick out of parts of it. So. Yeah.
2: It, yeah, I mean, Buster Scruggs was kind of about taking those western tropes and stereotypes and making them kind of interesting for the modern viewer yeah. and I definitely think uh this is taking you know, it's got like a very classic, like John Ford look, for for a while, and it's got like that very stereotypical Western score yeah. that I that I really don't care for. Um, same here. Yeah,
0: I'm, I feel the same way.
2: But it, it, you know, it turns those on its head, and it makes it just a dark,
0: bitter, angry picture. I agree. I mean, I mm. part of me is like, I wish it looked better like I yeah. wish that the direction was more interesting but at the same time I'm like I kind of like how spare it is like it's just kind of like telling the story as simple as it can
2: and this um Aldrich started out as like a very he was a very noticeable director like Vera Cruz and Kiss Me Deadly in the 50s are very a uh, lot of candid angles he's doing a lot of interesting camera work uh, and by the '70s, he's really slowed down. Uh, I, I don't want to say he's a, a point-and-shoot guy, but it is much more straightforward. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I I think it works for on his raid. It, I think it works less well for uh, Twilight's. Is it Twilight's Last Gleaming? That sounds right. The the last movie he did with uh, Lancaster in like '76, but
0: you know. Well, I'm definitely going to uh, get into some more Aldrich for sure, and some more Lancaster. I want to see. Uh, I've never seen The Dirty Dozen. You know what I mean? Like that's it's oh, pretty absurd, right? The Dirty Dozen, like, <laughs>
2: is is a wildly influential movie. It like, basically takes like the this like ragtag group of of they they're basically military criminals in the movie, but. You know, it gives you like the training stuff and then they go to like the training games to prove that they're not just schmucks and then it gives them the real mission. It's like a I feel like that's a whole template for movies now.
0: Oh sure, yeah. Mm. Absolutely. And uh I I've been looking at uh the Frisco Kid. Have you seen this one with Gene Wilder? <laughs> No, I have not. I want to see this (laughs) I think it looks great, man. It's got Harrison Ford and Gene Wilder in it. And 79. It just looks really, really interesting to me. (laughs) And it's a Western, so I don't know. I'm in. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I say, it's, uh, i'm glad i finally saw this uh because i used to see the vhs clamshell at the library every night when i was working there it was like the biggest box on the shelf and i used wow. to see olzana's Raid, And i was like what the fuck is that and i look at it and i was like this looks really good i should watch this and i think i downloaded it like six years ago and just haven't ever got around yeah. to watching it until now so yeah. uh pretty solid so um
2: i don't know. i mean kevin what like or not like i feel like you haven't actually said
0: yeah, Kevin, out with I'm, it, I'm, motherfucker.
1: I'm I'm middle of the road. There are things that I liked, and then things that I didn't think. Just I didn't think came together very well. Um, like Bruce Davison's arc, you know, from like, you know, it's not that it's like happens like all of a sudden, but I feel like it, like it could have been better laid out when he like goes from like. You know the good Christian boy, son, son of a preacher. You know, like, you know, all God's creatures, great and small. To like, no, fuck these people. Um, I don't know. I thought that could have been done better, and it's it seemed like so like a lot more of his frustration was with Lancaster's character, and not so much with the Apaches. And you know, like there could have been a little bit more there i think and um yeah
0: davison's I mean, it's performance not, it's certainly not
1: bad but uh <laughs> but, but uh, yeah not enough comes together for it to be like really good for me
0: davison's performance in this or x-men
1: this <laughs> i got played the senator but but it. clear you know clearly his best performance was wick in seinfeld
0: Oh fuck he, yeah! Yeah, he's the the, uh, the g- guy on the on the foundation. That's the right. Foundation. I
1: forgot he's in that. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: interesting. Yeah, <laughs> he's a, he's also um, had a really funny turn in uh, playing himself in the Project Greenlight last season of Project Greenlight. He's cast as uh oh, nice. one of the characters in the film, and uh, <laughs> he has this interesting moment where he's arguing with the director about what's funnier saying the word prick or saying the word dick. <laughs> Should I call him a prick or a dick? I don't know. You know it's, just like, it's, pretty, uh, it's pretty, good. Yeah, but yeah, I, I liked him in this. I didn't have any problem with any of the acting really at all. I mean, yeah, uh, I mean,
1: could have used some more Richard Jekyll, I think the sergeant. Oh yeah, he's,
0: he's he good. You know, yeah, <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't. I didn't. I don't know who he is, but he's good.
1: All I all I know is like uh, there's that scene in Sleepless in Seattle where like uh, Rita Wilson is, you know. Falling into tears, talking about an affair to remember, and like Tom Hanks and whatever the guy's name is, uh, like they're you know, uh, here we go another ch- another chick flick blah blah blah, and then they start talking about the Dirty Dozen and they start falling into tears. Like, Rich- Richard Jekyll and Lee Marvin, I don't, yeah, <laughs> great.
0: I saw that movie when I was like six. Yeah, once. <laughs> <laughs> I don't don't recall anything about it. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. I, well, I mean, star ratings, because I got to get going soon here. Three. I gave it a four. Four and a half. I love this movie. I like it quite a bit. Very much looking forward to seeing some other things. And honestly, I own The Dirty Dozen on Blu ray, so I might just go check it out <laughs> Dude, this yeah, weekend. It's time. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, I mean, Cassavetti's, uh, I love the fucking guy. I remember when I saw Rosemary's Baby for the first time, and I was like, this guy is so good. Like, he's, I just love watching him act <laughs> and I, I don't know why i haven't seen like i know mikey and mickey has been all over the fucking place lately it's like blowing up in my letterbox feed i need to watch that yeah I they just came out. out
1: with the blu-ray of it yeah, from Criterion. i know, I know. I'm, I'm sick about it I need to yeah get it.
0: but uh how's that criterion channel there jr you got it is that out ab- yet is it isn't it out
2: i don't i don't have it i oh, mean, you don't oh. have
0: it i thought you had it i would have oh. assumed i, assumed I thought it was coming it. out like in the <laughs> spring is it, oh, it's not. Yeah, it's this winter. Style. I'm not sure. I could. I feel like I've seen people talking about. Like, I feel like people said Mikey and Mickey was on it. Oh, like yeah. this last couple of weeks. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, well, we we uh we did have some feedback, but unfortunately we're out of time, so we'll push that to next time. Uh, Kevin, your pick
1: for next episode. We are going to watch the Bounty. Directed by Roger Donaldson and starring Anthony Hopkins and Mel Gibson, I own
0: this movie on DVD. <laughs> I almost bought the uh, Twilight Time Blu-ray; haven't got around to it, but I have seen it. So yeah, yeah and it's also
1: streaming on Prime. So. Oh,
0: that's not—I'll probably just watch that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Perfect, perfect.
0: Yeah, so that's that'll be next time. Uh, watching uh, the Bounty, uh, Fletcher Christian going at it with uh, Blythe and. Uh, is it Blythe or Bly? Bly. Bly, sorry. Mr.
1: Christian! Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, we'll be watching that movie and talking about it as well as other stuff we watch. Thanks for listening. Visit our website at filmiac.podiant.co and uh, write to us at filmiacpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, until next time, we'll see you later. <laughs>